Bernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. by Seether. I forgot the lady, the girl singing right now. She's got a tremendous voice. I do love this song. Broken. The male you're hearing is uh, the band Lewis is Seether. Who is the lady? I'm looking it up. I, no. I can't find it so far. She's I'll great, man. It. She is great. Well, folks, good morning on this Thursday morning here in New York City. I am broken when I'm lonesome. And, of course, uh, we are all still grieving over Bernard. I want to uh, read the New York Post today because that's my favorite paper in the country, and it is the best newspaper in the country. That is not up for debate. That's a fact. Another Sid fact for you right there. And I got to page 34 of today's New York Post, page 34. And what do I see? Well, what can I tell you about John Katz and Matides? I know I get accused of this all the time. Stop sucking up to your boss. I mean, shut up. God. First of all, don't ever tell me what to do ever. I do what I want. They pay me to do this show, not you. But secondly, I don't suck up to anybody. I'm under contract for years at this station. It's not like, oh, if I'm nice to John, maybe he'll bring me back next year. I'm here. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, maybe Curtis is right with me, I'm signed longer than any other talent at the station, maybe in the city. So I have no reason to suck up to John or Margo or Chad or any of these people, Emily. They're just really good people, and they do a lot of good things, evidenced by a radio station that was dead. This station needed a memorial service. And now we're kicking ass, and um, John gets the credit. Does his own great show, too, mind you. Every weekday at 5 and every Sunday morning at 8. So I get to the page 34, and what do I see is a beautiful picture. And he does look really cute in this picture. Angelic smile of my friend Bernie. And it reads, in memoriam, Bernard McGurk, 1957 through 2022. And it goes on to say, please join us. On Wednesday, October the 26th, 
from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for a memorial mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral celebrating the life of our legendary broadcaster and friend, Bernard McGurk. Everyone is welcome to respectfully join his family. They are coming. I did speak to Carol yesterday. Friends and colleagues for this service of remembrance. And then it's got a little like ABC stuff all over the place. I don't know, but it is a beautiful, thoughtful, and heartbreaking ad in today's New York Post, page 34. I cut it out. Uh, usually I rip things out of the paper. I used a scissor with this one because I'm keeping it. It's not the type of thing you put on the wall. You know, Bernie dying, um, even though we're almost, almost at the celebration point in the grieving process, you could take as long as you want. That's up to you. You know, we just can't continue to grieve every day. And the way it becomes depressing. You know, people getting up for work, they hate their boss as it is. The weather's about to get really, really cold. It ain't a great time, New York, during the late fall and winter. And, you know, you got to give people a reason to get somewhat excited about the day. And talking about my dead friend ain't going to do it. So eventually, and it may be sooner than later, we got to get past all that and celebrate Bernie and move on. But right now, at least for me, I'm still in the grieving process. And I look at this picture and I, I get very sad. So Wednesday... 10 to 11.30, St. Patrick's Cathedral. And all you psychos on Facebook who talk about Bernie as if you've met him, couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Let's see uh, how much you really love him and show up on Wednesday. <laughs> what a great invitation. <laughs> Low lives. So come celebrate Bernard's mm. life, you mm. uh, Every day. Oh, I miss losers. Bernie. My life's not the same. I can't listen. Oh, let's see you show up on Wednesday. Put 5,000 people in that church on Wednesday. I've been reading about these things for 10 months, since the day my man was diagnosed. And, and the person I had to live with that was Carol and his children. But outside of his immediate family, and I know Chad and Matt and John had to deal with it, the person I lived with, lived with every day was me, me, not you guys on Facebook, me. So let's see how much you love Bernard. I'm being serious. Oh, I'm, I'm so tired of the not show up on Wednesday. I know you're being serious. Well, I'm being dead serious. I, can I can't live without him. Okay. Show up on Wednesday. Like I said, put put six, seven thousand people in that damn place. Well, I, I don't know if it holds that. Well, I don't. Then, then make him stand outside. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I went to the the cops' funeral. Rivera. Remember and those two cops well, who were murdered yes. in Harlem? Yes. I only went to Rivera's. I didn't go to Moyers. And the Joe Esposito, the uh, former chief of police, got me in. There were people standing out. John was there. John and George, who I love dearly, the VP at this station. And um, somebody else was. Oh, Dominic from uh, security. Uh, there were people who were standing outside the church who couldn't get in. And when you walked to the church, there was literally hundreds of people in the streets. Other officers, like my friend Lou Spagnola from New Jersey, Dermot Shea, the former commissioner. Point being, there were thousands of people. They didn't all fit, but they were still there. So I don't want to hear, well, the, the place was stand outside. Let's see. Next Wednesday for my man. And it probably it probably will be. Well, it better be. It okay. better be. Or shut down all these stupid websites and shut these people up. Got to hate them anyway. <laughs> Fine. Well, I sense the bad mood right away. <laughs> well, I'm not in a bad mood, but, you know, and I keep making this point. You know, when I mis- left the um, 
A lot of folks were like, well, what are we going to do now? I miss is gone. Well, I guess we'll give Bernie and Sid a chance. Those two bald-headed stooges, they worked with Don. And then it wasn't long before I started hearing, I got to tell you, Bernie and Sid are pretty good. There was a healthy percentage of folks who thought we were better than Don. I'm not saying all, all of you, the majority, a healthy percentage. And we built this number one show. And since Bernie has passed away, now let me remind you folks, Bernie was off the air for two months before he passed away. I've been doing this show solo for over three months. And the ratings have been through the roof. And people, just like when I misslept, what are we going to do now? Bernie and Sid did it. People have been saying to me, well, Bernie passed away. I was like, and I got to tell you, Sid, you're doing a great job. The show sounds great. I kind of like these other knuckleheads that work with you outside of Lou. So I really have no desire. It's just, it's not up to me. It's up to John and Chad and I guess Matt. I have no desire to have somebody sit here with me every day and go back and forth. I, I don't, don't, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't need it. Very few people have said to me, Sid, you need somebody in that studio. You can't, you can't carry it. It's the complete opposite. They're like, the show sounds great. I kind of like those guys. But now I've got an issue. Now I've got a huge issue. Because, and now I know what I'm going through with me. You know, I, I would be out and, and uh, wouldn't show up. So two days ago, Justin Ellick, the executive producer, he goes to the Yankee game. And he drinks a whole bunch of booze and does drugs and whatever he does. I don't know. And he came to work yesterday. And uh, he did a good job. He tried. But it was, it was, he was a mess. He was a mess. So then this morning, Macedonia Phil, another great member of this cast, he comes in and he looks and sounds a lot like Justin Ellick did yesterday. And I got to ask him, like my son Gabriel, 15 times, Phil, what's the matter? I'm tired. That's what Gabe does. I'm tired. Like a five-year-old. I'm tired. Yeah, he's really quiet, too. Really quiet. Yeah, I he mean, wasn't answering anybody. Right, so, Phil, what's up? So what Gabe does, Lewis, is he'll say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm tired. And like an hour later, he'll go, okay, Dad. Yeah, that's a kid. Right. So I go to Phil. I go, before you come to me like in an hour and say, okay, Dad, or Sid, here's what's really bothering me. Just tell me now. Well, I'm tired. I know. I've heard that ten times. Why are you so tired? Well, I went to the game last night. Now, the Yankees are in Houston. They lost, by the way. It's a long flight for Phil sometimes. Right. I'm like, what game, Phil? He's like the basketball game. Now, I know the Knicks were in Memphis. The Nets were in Brooklyn. I said, Phil, you are not allowed to go to basketball games during the week. You don't work for Mike Dodino. You work for me. And, and, and of course, in turn, working for me means you work for John and Chad. You are not allowed to go during the week to basketball games because you've come in this morning. And even though you did what I asked you to do, I'll give you credit. You cut up all the all this stuff. I said, you're just, you're not nice. You're not fun. You're annoying me this morning. Because what I just went through with me. And I, you see, it's funny how life works, right? Yeah. I was like, what is he complaining about? I'm there. When I was there, by the point, I wasn't even there sometimes. But um, so this idiot goes to the Yankee game. He's a waste. You go to the Brooklyn Nets game. You're a waste. So I'm trying to convince these guys that this show is great. I got Lou. Lose uh, like Bernie now, and then I got you young guys I want to cultivate because you're really funny. You really are. You all have talent. Not a lot, but you've got talent. I can cultivate it. I can make you great. And then you come into work, and all of you, you go to stupid sporting events, and you, you're, you're a mess. And so now I'm going to lose that battle, and they're going to stick some 
who knows what in the studio who's going to waste money and salary and all that nonsense and take talking time away from me, which I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the real issue surfaces here. Of course, the air. What doesn't make any sense? It's like, no one's going to sit in here and be better than me. No one ever has, including I, I, I agree, but that's not where this started like two minutes ago. It's your guy's fault, though. It, the point that's is, well, I'm what, was not, what was I not going to go to game five? In the Bronx? Come no, on. not if it's at night, if it's in the afternoon. It wasn't the afternoon. It was a 407 Well, game. then stop drinking and drugging all day long. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is not Woodstock. I was, You're going to a baseball I was, I was game. I'm still it's, here at 3 o'clock in the morning for you doing work. It's not Woodstock. It's a baseball game. I didn't I didn't treat it like Woodstock. Nobody told you that I, you nobody just, told you that I got... Justin, if I would have taken a picture of you yesterday, yeah. <laughs> it was like Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. I was tired. You're right. I was tired. You were hungover. It's a 10-foot walk from one studio to the studio. And, Justin and could barely make it. Barely make it, yeah, yeah. I was fine. Everybody's over-exaggerating. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about fine, okay? So I went, I, means I, I went to rehab. <laughs> yeah. uh, By the way. I went to rehab twice, and they would say to me, uh, the counselor would go, hey, Phil, they say, Oh, yeah, go. here we go. Yeah. yeah. I'd say, uh, you know this already. I'd say, I'm fine. And, and the, the counselor said to me, this was at a place in uh, New Jersey, Sunrise, when I was still at WFA in 2005. He said, Sid Rosenberg, let me tell you what fine stands for. And I said, okay, what does it stand for? F, effed up. <laughs> I, insecure. N, neurotic. E, emotional. So when you tell me you're fine, because that's the standard answer, what you're really telling me is you're effed up, insecure, emotional, and uh, insecure. Oh. And I said, you're right. Was no, that doesn't check out. But either way, that's oh. four for four. That's a perfect day at the dish. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do I have to, we have to pay you for this? For this <laughs> last five minutes? Yeah. Well, I get paid anyway, but thank for, thanks for that. So that's Anyway, Phil, you're not allowed to go anymore. and Because uh, first of all, who cares? It's game one of an 82 game, right? And they got that's blown why out. It's game one. That's why it's important. This game. It's not important. It means not. First of all, they got blown out. By yeah. The well, I, who, I was supposed to know that one going to the game. Who cares though? Well, let's say they won by twenty-two instead of losing by twenty-two. What does a one and O Brooklyn Net team mean to the world today? I'm just curious. You got people being shoved in front of subways. You got crime on the streets. You got inflation, and the Nets won Game One or lost Game One of an eighty-two. See, I like basketball. I'm a Knicks fan, and I take my son. Anytime I, you know, whether it's Corey Zelnick or Dr. Mark Siegel or Bill O'Reilly, they give me tickets, I do take them. But here's the difference. I don't drink and all that stuff. And I come home in the third quarter, and I'm ready to go to work. Secondly, I, I will pass it up once in a while if it's a weeknight because I know it's not really important. The NBA season starts in the playoffs. The regular season, almost every team makes the playoffs. It's a joke. You don't need to go. So uh, I'm going to go to Matt Meany today. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate doing this, I do, but he's the program director. And I'm going to say, anytime anybody on my cast goes to a weeknight sporting event, they need to be suspended the next day. Yeah. Without oh, me. please suspend me today. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I beg you to you know suspend why, me You know why I'm doing this? Because I was you when yeah. I am. It's not that long ago. And it starts off, first you show up for work and you're a mess like you are today, and then you don't even come anymore. I'm not a mess. Lewis, how would you describe Macedonia Phil right now? Uh, he's a complete shell of what he normally is. There you no, go. I just I just need to get the ball rolling a little bit. I just okay. woke up. Well, I we... slept at work. Oh, here we go. Well, I came I came back. I got back here. You be quiet. You're another one. You did the same thing two days ago. I, you were in no position to talk. Here. I did not do the same thing. Phil doesn't get here until five in the morning. Well, I was here right. at three o'clock in the morning for you. Fair enough. You get here at four forty five. Justin, you're right. No, but you're late almost every day. I don't understand that either. You're coming from New Jersey <laughs> in the middle of the night. There's nobody on the road. Well, just leave fifteen minutes. I earlier. live an hour away. 
Well, he is coming from like another Hamburg, New Jersey. I'm, I don't live in Hamburg, Sid. <laughs> I'm also far. Real thing? Wait a second. I'm also <laughs> far away. Well, how come I'm here before five o'clock? I, ha- I have to drive myself. Oh, you better you, off. You have, a, you have like a perked up guy uh, swerving through he traffic. St- stop it. He stopped doing Percocet Friday. Don't say that. <laughs> okay. Well. Stop. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Right, I'm happy for. He's fine. Right. He, well, he's not fine actually. You if, cut if, the guy some slack. A- your acronym. All right. It's not easy to kick. No, it's not. Well, at least uh, unlike Justin, I was sober. <laughs> hey, do you drink? I'm just curious. Do you drink? Uh, what? Liquor. Do you drink liquor or beer? Or? Yes. You do. And you, I, and, I'm you, super into And you do smoke pot, right? You no, smoke, I, don't, I don't smoke pot. You do cocaine? I don't do drugs. Yeah, well, maybe you should just to get to work on time. Liar. He's such a liar. You're all liars. <laughs> I mean, you're all lying. Nobody's you, telling a good time. I mean, you're, you're lying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so pa- I'm surprised yes. you're all not voting for Kathy Hochul. You lie like yeah. she does. I'm a good Christian boy. I don't yeah. do any of that stuff. Yeah. Cue, um, cue a nice text from my mother coming in about 35 yeah. seconds. You know, I, I, it's funny you say that. I thought about that the other day that I constantly say on the air that you do all these things. And your mother, hey, Dana, how do you say it? Adina. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. And I felt bad about it for like one second. Then you came at the word drunk two days ago. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right, that's enough of this. Get out. Uh, we got a big show coming up today, a huge, huge show coming up. I'm sorry, Justin. Curtis Sliwa here at 7.05. He will not let this Mayor Eric Adams thing go. He just won't let it go. And uh, Mayor, the mayor was supposed to, well, not him, but his office was supposed to call me yesterday to um, give me the details on this big dinner. And I did not get a call from the mayor's office. So Curtis Sliwa coming up at 7.05, 7.40. Somebody else is here at 740. It's a really good guest. It is... Phil, um, Phil knows. Wait, no, he doesn't. Oh, it's Lee Zeldin. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's Greg. <laughs> you know, we get the gubernatorial hopeful Lee Zeldin on this show once a week, and he is gaining. Again, that 18-point lead down to three points. A lot of people say now it's 50-50, including John Katsimatidis. Lee Zeldin, he's coming up at 740. The highlight of the week, number one by far... Bill O'Reilly coming up at 8.40, and then Anthony Weiner live in studio coming up at 9.05. And I'm, I'm not in a great mood today, so, so, you know, it's like Patrick McEnroe. If he was here, I would have punched him in the face yesterday. And so Anthony's got to be careful today, that's all. Just make whatever stupid point you want to make about the left and move on. Get out. You know, tell me, well, you know, you're not really right about uh, bail reform. You're not really right about this and right about that. And he's going to do it respectfully now because he's... You know, he's not the same guy he was a couple of years ago, and he was really condescending. And but it's it's going to be annoying. But I like him, so I, I think I don't. I don't even know what I. I don't even know anymore. I sense a fun Thursday coming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at Bernie's picture. It's making me sad. You know, I, mean, I can't believe this guy. He's dead. I, I, I just I, I can't believe it. It's rough because you see it uh, when you, you come in. I know. Station oh, the, the video that the me up there asking for applause, and then me and him singing songs together, and then. You know, and I don't want to work with anybody else. I didn't. I came here to New York to work with Bernie. That's it. So, I'm making the point of the air right now. I'm not, I'm not excited about anybody. Don't do it because I'm going to be pissed. All right, we're coming back after this. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now I've got myself lost. 
better than coffee in bed. You may be doing that right now at 628 on your Thursday morning back here. Sid Rosenberg with you till 10 and a big, big show coming your way. Curtis Sliwa, Lee Zeldin, Bill O'Reilly, Anthony Weiner, and more. The big news story yesterday, the first segment was um, mostly about Bernard's memoriam and how my cast is uh, out getting drunk at uh, sporting events every night, was Joe Biden uh, lying again at his face. And I wanted to get John Katsimatidis on today because he knows more about energy and oil than anybody. And uh, if you folks don't know, you keep reading about the SPR supply. And you're like, well, what is that? SPR stands for Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And that is the oil, the barrels that we keep. You know, God forbid there's some type of natural disaster or there's something going on that uh, we can't... um, combat, we have all these oil barrels in reserve. And uh, Biden has got rid of 15 million of those barrels. And it is clear to anybody who's not even all that smart. I'm not that smart. You know, I'm basically a sports talk guy who matured just a little and decided that what's going on in my city, my state, my country was every bit as important as the Giants-Jaguars game on Sunday. I don't claim to be Sean Hannity or one of these guys that is knee-deep in this stuff, or Mark Levin for that matter. I'm your everyday There's a lot more than, but there's a lot more like me out there. That's why I think I've had great success in this, both in Florida and New York, in that there's a lot more guys like me who don't talk politics every second every day, but since Trump came along especially, are interested, and now all of a sudden everybody has become a pundit, Joe Meningo yelled and screamed for years about the Mets and the Jets, and now he won't shut up about Joe Biden. So I get it. And again, that is part of the appeal. There's a lot of intricacies involved in this story, especially when you talk about oil. But to me, it's very simple. You don't got to be a handy to figure out that right now the Democrats are desperate. The midterms are, what, 18 days away? Uh well, maybe uh, more, maybe 20 days away. It's three weeks from Tuesday, November 8th. And they don't know what to do because all signs point to a bloodbath. You know that movie Red October, that great Sean Connery movie? That's, uh, that's what November looks like. And they don't know what to do. So all of a sudden, like the Tisha James, for example, who's a terrible AG and maybe even a worse person, She's kind of walking back all that reform stuff. She knows it ain't going to work. Some of them don't care. They, they say, you know, they're still talking abortion rights and gun laws. Kathy Hochul especially. So they're just tone deaf. But Biden, all this oil stuff is clearly 
a desperate attempt to hopefully lower inflation, but at the very least change some things that are not going in the Democrats' way come midterms. That's all this is. It's a political ploy to enhance their chances, which look slim right now, in the midterms. Well, it don't look good. So, of course, when they say to Biden, hey, hey, Joe, hey, Jack, watch me. When they say these things, he denies that it's politically motivated. I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together. I don't have them saying, wait a minute, how old are you? What do they say? And when he says that, when he denies it, it is clear that that's exactly what he's doing. So yesterday, Biden announced, I'm going to pull 15 million barrels from the reserve. This is Joe Biden 1, sounded like this. The Department of Energy will release another 15 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, extending our previously announced release through the month of December. Independent analysis, they, uh, excuse me, independent analysts have confirmed <laughs> that drawdowns from the reserve so far have played a big role in bringing down oil prices, bringing them down. Not true. So we're going to continue to responsibly use mm-hmm. that national asset. Right now, the Strategic Strategic Petroleum Reserve is more than half full with about 400 million barrels of oil. That's more than enough for any emergency drawdown. How many times did he mess up during that? I mean, the SBR, he couldn't say, not even close. Read read page two. (laughs) Yeah. Gas prices are down about 1% from last month. They're up, mind you. About 19% from a year ago today. Biden says this releasing of the oil will decrease gas costs. That's why he's doing this, because clean energy and decreasing gas costs. And, I mean, who does he think he's lying to? This is Joe Biden cut number two. With my announcement today, we're going to continue to stabilize markets and decrease the prices at a time when the actions of other countries have caused such volatility. Other countries? I've told my team behind me here to be prepared to look further, look for further releases in the months ahead if needed. Right. We're calling it a ready and release plan. <laughs> this allows us to move quickly to prevent oil price spikes and respond to international events. You got to get this guy out of oil. I don't know what we can do. What, what can we do? We got to get him out. I told my team to be ready to catch me when I fall backwards. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'd rather have a drunken Justin Alec post-Yankees. No, easily. And a tired Macedonia Phil no. post-Brooklyn Nets. Standing that's my there. team, by that's the way. standing there. Yeah, Just that's the, my team. I'll take them in a heartbeat over these guys. Whatever they're going to do with the gas, the price no. of gas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to see what they're going to do. Couldn't do worse. How could you do worse? Biden says uh, oil executives are making too much money. This has got three. I'm calling oil companies to pass the savings on to consumers. Consider this. In the second quarter of this year, yeah. profits at six of the largest producers publicly traded <laughs> oil companies were more than $70 billion. Got that, Jack? That's $70 billion in just one quarter, 90 days, $70 billion. So far, American oil companies are using that windfall, the windfall of profits, to buy back their own stock passing that money on to their shareholders, not to consumers. In fact, in the first half of the year, those same companies spent $20 billion Hmm. buying back their own stock. Told you. And most importantly, buying back (laughs) 
a buyback, the, the wow. most significant buyback wow. in the it. last almost a decade. Right. Damn right. That's What's great. He talking if you own about a lot here. Of stock in oil company, or if you're an executive yeah. in oil company, don't care. Puts a lot of money in your pocket. Sure yeah. does. That is how you get paid. No. But. It's not the case for this the vast majority of Americans what? paying at the pump. Now, what 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 uh, American did he lose there? Look, Jack. Very simple question, Biden. <laughs> did you do this for political gain? Was Taxes this po- small as welcome? Yeah. Was this politically motivated? The answer is clearly yes. But here is Joe Biden's response, number four. What is your response to Republicans who say you are only doing this SPR release because, to help Democrats in the midterms? Where have they been the last four months? What? <laughs> That's my response. Is it politically motivated, sir, this no, move, it's not. three weeks We're, before the midterms? Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? I don't know. It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on. What's that? And that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home, and at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. That's what I've been doing. Now, the problem is these guys are asleep. I don't know where they've been. What guys? And they seem, you know... The price at the pump should reflect what the price of a barrel of oil costs, and it's not going down consistently. Mm-hmm. You're telling us? I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. Maybe John will call in today, catch Matitis, and explain all that. But um, it does seem like any rational person who doesn't have to be a political analyst has figured out, once again, desperate ploy before the midterms. And by the way, on top of all that, becomes a national security issue. Joe Biden, he may be the greatest liar of all time. I don't want to hear about dementia. I don't want to hear about it. He may be the greatest liar of all time. Traffic and sports are coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. It's the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Cut to the Chase. This is my friend, former Nassau County Executive Laura Curran, on the Red Apple Podcast Network, an unflinching look at important issues affecting our lives no matter what your politics. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Laura talks about bail. I have a great guest. His name is Jason Ortiz, and we're going to talk about the consultant industrial complex. What bail does is it ensures that Everyone pre-trial, before you've been convicted, everyone's treated the same, whether you're poor or you're rich. Being poor shouldn't determine whether or not you spend time in jail for something that you may or may not have done. Yes. And because one person could do one thing and the other person could do the same thing. And get out. And get out because he's got money and resources. And then you have that horrible example of the young boy. Khalif who Browder. Is, yes. Yes. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Uh, Pete Morgan, who, by the way, has already texted me this morning, and he says his show has never sounded better. Pete Morgan. That's right. He is uh, Mr. Peerless Boilers. Check them out today. PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. And the Yankees did start their ALCS series last night. And, well, unfortunately, it looked like much of the same. And the Yankees take on the Astros. Here he is. 
Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Sid. Yes, much of the same indeed in Game 1 of the American League Championship, championship Series, excuse me, last night between the Yanks and the Astros. You know, you know we have to cut that now. Why? You just pulled the John Minko Hockey Hall of F. You just cursed on the air. What did, what did I say? You said uh, the, the word for duty, the, the synonym for duty. You said, Shh. yeah. Oh, because I mispronounced <laughs> yeah. Astros? Well, that's fine. Keep going. Okay. Now I'm out of time. So that's... <laughs> 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 anyway, the Yanks dropped game one, 4-2. Astros, they uh, blasted three home runs to hold the lead the entire way, gave the Yanks a taste of their own medicine. Jameson Tyone wasn't bad, but he was nothing stacked up against Justin Verlander, who rang up 11 Yankees while allowing just one run on three hits through six nearly unhittable innings of work. Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo both uh, notched solo shots for the pinstripes, but it was all Astros all night long. Game two is slated for tonight in Houston at 7.37 p.m. Eastern time. Luis Severino getting the ball, going up against Houston's Framber Valdez. An opening night on the hardwood as well for the Knicks and Nets didn't go uh, as planned as they both dropped their season openers. Nets opened up at home, getting routed by the New Orleans Pelicans 130-108. to Zion Williamson came back from his year-long hiatus, 25 points and 9 rebounds. And Kevin Durant topped out the box score for Brooklyn, 32 points in as many minutes on the floor. Here was KD after the loss. Just one of those games where you just don't do the small things well at all. You know, 36-4, second chance points. Never going to win like that. Um, you got three of their best players. Three of the best players in the league get twenty get twenty points apiece. I mean, it's tough to 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 win. Next up for the Nets is a date with the Toronto Raptors in Brooklyn tomorrow night. As for the Knicks, they showed a little bit more fight. Barely getting edge out by the Grizzlies in Memphis by a score of 115-112 to 112 in overtime. John Morant was his usual self, going uh, for 34 on, uh, with 9 assists. Julius Randle led the way for the Knicks with 24 points, and Cam Reddish off the bench with 22. Up next for the Knicks is their home opener against the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night. And looking at tonight on the, tonight on the ice, got Rangers at home against the San Jose Sharks at 7. Devils and Islanders in Elmont facing off against each other at 7.30. And Thursday Night Football in Arizona, Week 7, kicking off with the Saints and Cardinals at 8.15. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the Morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I made fun of on the program because you you guys say that I kind of stick up for Mike Tyson. Yeah. This guy, Mitchell Rose, is suing Mike Tyson for $66 million. They had a scrape outside of a, of a Bedford-Stuyvesant nightclub called the Sugar Hill Supper Club. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that place. Charles? No. Okay. Uh, December 16th. How, no, no, How would we be? <laughs> well, I mean, I know that Charles likes to frequent some supper clubs on <laughs> the Upper West Side, and I just thought maybe Charles had been there once no, or twice. No, I haven't been to that one. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't want to do any of that. You sure? Because I was told that he does. No, he gets in his Jeep and he goes home. Really? Yes. Because, you know, there have been people that have spotted Charles at no, all hours. No, it wasn't Charles. <laughs> you sure? No. Okay, no, well, fair enough. Me. December 16th, they get in a scrape outside the Sugar Hill Supper Club, and it leaves the 32-year-old Mitchell Rose, my man, with a shredded mink coat, a sprained neck, and he's suing Tyson for $66 million. Sure. Now, here's how the whole thing erupts. Rose, I guess Tyson had a couple of women with him that night. And Rose was 
not very nice to the woman that Mike Tyson was with. He had a couple of things to say about these women. Call them pigs or something. You would think pigs. Now, pigs would upset somebody, right? Right. Uh, uh, I don't know, a whore. That might upset somebody, right? Ho. Ho. That Ho. would upset. Exactly. No, 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 no. No, no. Mike Tyson was upset because Mitchell Rose called Mike Tyson's female companions that night chicken heads. Chicken heads? Chicken heads. What does that mean? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. That was about 20, let me see, what year were you now, Lewis? 2022? Let me, About yeah. 20 years ago, that um, from the uh, studios in Astoria, Queens, Sid Rosenberg, Don Imus, and Charles McCord. Big show coming up, Curtis Sliwa. He'll be here in about 15 minutes, and something tells me that the discussion will center around, I don't know, maybe Mayor Eric Adams, I don't know. He'll be here at 7.05, the, the man that needs to win. He needs to win. He is the Republican candidate for governor, the great congressman out of Shirley, Long Island, my dear friend Lee Zeldin. He'll be here at 740. 840, the best ever, Bill O'Reilly, 905, Anthony Weiner. So we played the whole Biden nonsense where he's talking about the pulling millions and millions of barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which he can't say. He tried twice. And was <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he won't admit that it's a political ploy because we're 18 days away from the midterms and Democrats are scared to death and they should be. I got, you know, I was watching, uh, was in bed with Danielle last night and we were watching the news. I don't know why, but we were. CBS. CBS. Uh, right before this, uh, Nora O'Donnell comes on. She's the, the uh, national person. She's like Lester Holt, David Muir. So it was the local news at like 6 o'clock last night. And every single commercial, I mean every one, it wasn't douche for females. It wasn't toilet paper. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was political advertisements. Every single commercial. And every Democrat... Like this, uh, putz, Sean Patrick Maloney, and others, Kathy Hochul. Every Democrat was screaming the same thing. They want to take away abortion. First of all, it's not even true. They're lying. I'm pro-choice, but if I was pro-life, I wouldn't want to take it away. It's, it's legal here. It's legal what are you yelling about, Sean Patrick Malone? Well, it, it's legal now, but if it's up to them, it'll go away. Don't give me 
Don't give me what could happen. It's like this back and forth with Patrick McEnroe yesterday. You know why I can tell Patrick? And it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of fun, too. He was having some fun. But you know why I can tell Patrick without any hesitation why Putin would not invade Ukraine if Trump was president? You know why I can do that? Because he was president, and it didn't happen, Patrick, you moron. It wasn't as if it was, well, if Trump was president, he wouldn't do it. Well, how do you know that? Because he, he was president. You think it's just a coincidence that after four years, Putin woke up when this feeble moron Joe Biden took over? You think that's coincidence that he decided to go in then? You can't be that stupid. You think it's coincidence that now China wants to take Taiwan? Don't tell me. Trump was there. It didn't happen. So give me stuff that really happens or doesn't happen. They're yelling about abortion and gun laws when people in this country can't fill up their cars with gas. They can't put food on their table. They can't go to Gristidi's, which is the best, and buy what they would usually buy in one week. Now they got to buy it in a month. That's what Americans care about. They can't take the subway. They can't walk the streets in the good neighborhoods. Abortion, every commercial was the same damn thing. You talk about being tone deaf. And then you get these, um, this Biden up there lying about uh, the, the whole oil thing. That's, that's a huge issue. It's huge. So thank God there are some political analysts that tell the truth. And most of them are on Fox News. Some are on Newsmax, too, although... Fine. I, I like Newsmax a lot. Some of those guys are great and women. But I really like some of the talent on Fox News. I think they're some of the best in the business. One of them happens to work here every Sunday and do a great show. Her name is Judge Janine Pirro. And she was on The Five on Fox News. And she talked about why she thinks Biden is tapping into the SPR. Lewis, Judge Janine Pirro, cut number seven. His party's chances are dwindling by the day, just as Americans are about to get pummeled by even higher gas prices. So what is Joe's solution? A good old-fashioned bribe. President Biden treating our nation's emergency oil stockpile as his own personal piggy bank. Biden is releasing another 15 million barrels, even though our reserve is at its lowest level in nearly four decades. And the best part? Biden isn't even being coy about his scheme. Let's add to that her teammate on The Five and a guy that hosts his own show, primetime 7 p.m. every weeknight on Fox News, our friend Jesse Waters, Lewis Cut number 8. You're raining the rainy day fund, and it's not a rainy day. He's been saying we're going to have nuclear Armageddon with Mm -hmm. Russia. Mm -hmm. He's been saying China's about to prey on Taiwan. He's been saying that climate change is making these hurricanes more ferocious. Those are when you want to use the rainy day fund, not when the Democrats are get to get rocked. This guy, no wonder Hunter Biden handles the finances and the money because he, he's <laughs> reckless. Some of the best audio I've got today, though, folks, has nothing to do with the petroleum. Biden's lying. Oh, you guessed it. Jeezy. Kanye West at it again. It was Chris Cuomo a couple of nights ago. Piers Morgan was the guy last night. And Howard Stern had some comments about Kanye West. And I don't care whether you like Howard or not. He nailed it. 
You've got all that, plus once again, Curtis Sliwa, Lee Zeldin, Bill O'Reilly, Anthony Weiner, and more on this, the Thursday edition. I'm Sid, and I'll be back right after Deb with the news. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the greatest songs of all time. I love this song over the Unforgettable Fire album. This was on side one. I did say album. That's how old I am. Pride in the name of love, you two. 706 on your Thursday morning. I'm not sure what the temperature is. What, about uh, 40-something degrees, I would imagine. It'll be sunny today. Highs in the mid to upper 50s. And believe it or not, Saturday is going to be a beach day. 68 and sunny. I'll be on the beach and then we'll get back to some more colder temperatures next week. I mean, we, I mean, Halloween is a couple of weeks away. Anyway, we've got a great guest list today. Anthony Weiner in Studio 905, the best ever. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And Congressman and gubernatorial hopeful, my friend Lee Zeldin, coming up at 740. But the Hall of Famer, the old, he really is the all-time great. Uh, if you listen to this station on the weekends, it's all him, which is good news. He also does a great show, 12 to 1, every weekday afternoon. He has spent his life dedicating his time to protecting New Yorkers, and he gets no money for it, and quite frankly, from some of you, very little respect. And he is, um, he's been a dear friend to me. He's one of the reasons why I'm back here in New York. So here he is, my good buddy, Ron Kuby. Good morning, Ron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whose mommy is a commie. Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie. Let me tell you something. What are you coming in with, uh, you two, in the name of love? There's yeah. no love here. Let me tell you something straight oh, you're up. you're not really mad at me, are you? It's Vertigo. Vertigo, <laughs> their song Vertigo. Because you, Sid Rosenberg, are giving me Vertigo. I don't know which Sid Rosenberg I'm dealing with. I realize you continue to sit shiver. That's eight days, remember? Eight days Correct. shiver, unless you're extending it. Right. I am extending it, but go ahead. Uh, I'm doing it twice. I'll bring you the hamantash and cookies, all right? <laughs> I understand all of this, but something has happened in you mm-hmm. since Bernie has departed to Radio Heaven. He went right through the pearly gates. Oh. And I see my boy Lou yeah. 
yeah. has to sometimes smack you back. Like the other day, I'm listening in the morning. Like I listen every morning from 6 to 10. Got to listen. Yeah, and I you. hear you talking about, I hate Kathy Crime Wave. Oh, come on, saying thumbs up. Right. But I don't know about Eric Adams. You know, I'm, I'm wanting to like him. And then you asked Lou, and Lou said, yeah, it's like uh, picking between Mussolini and Hitler. Well, well, in terms of who, who you like better. Well, well, I'm not sure Lou's wrong. Well, look, all I'm saying is, I, right now, they're both horrible at their jobs. Horrible. And believe me, I mean this, if I had the opportunity to install you as the mayor today, I would do it. You would have been the better mayor. But you're not, okay? So Hochul, I believe, is a lost cause. Adams, while he sucks, he sucks. I believe there is some hope. That's all I meant by that. Let me tell you something. I know from Intel, yeah. hush, hush, mush, mush, and I'm going to reveal to well, you at the uh, end of this interview who has been a washwoman here at WABC, who's a malianta, giving me all these details. They're setting you up for big sit-down at your favorite restaurant. Who's they? The Eric Adams team, Team Adams. The mayor's office. Of course. All right. And they know you, and they've studied you, and they listen to you intently because they take the notes. They know your favorite restaurant is Michael's. That's very good. Right across Flatbush, you go across Gil Hodges Bridge, right Avenue R. And so it's not too far from your house because you got to be up in the morning. You can't go to the Club Zero Bond, right? That's not for me. (laughs) Exactly. Years ago, yes. (laughs) Nowadays, no. And you can't go to Rayo's because Bodito is... No longer so hot to trot. I, I give him credit for that is, on it, Eric Adams. Oh, he's not all oh, right on Eric. That's right, right, right. He's right. not like he used to be. Right, he, he's right. he's become, what, what can we call it? That's because of me. I soured no, him. No, give me yeah, some credit. But okay. he's a street guy. He understands. Okay. Hasn't Eric Adams is not to live in the streets. So I know that your very dear friend is Eric Ulrich. He used to be the city councilman. For Howard Beach, especially. I keep saying Howard Beach. Well, let me just stop you for a second. There was a time when Eric and I were very close friends. Yes. In the days of, uh, I don't even think you like this lady, uh, Ariola. You don't no, like no, her. No, no, I, I hate them all. Right, you like Paladino for some reason. He's also a psycho, by the way. But um, Ulrich uh, and I got close, and we had that big thing at Russo's uh, on the Bay. Yeah, know? Russo's. Yeah, sure. it was all the, in fact, that was the night they may have even announced, what's his name? He ran the Republican Party, now he ran for office, uh, Nick Langworthy. So we got close, but then we weren't close when he started to work for Eric Adams. Now, I saw him and his girlfriend, who's very cute, by the way, in a bagel store in Rockaway. The we, schmear. Right? Well, well, he was, yeah, what kind of schmear did he get? That tells you a lot <laughs> about the guy. But we had a nice little conversation, but that's been it Hold for like two years. So he's I'm a, not that close with Eric anymore. He's a neighbor of yours. He's the buildings commissioner, which under any circumstances, the most corrupt agency in the city of New York. And he's going to drive you. To Michaels. That's the way it's going to be. He's an Eric Adams Republican. He's he's already being paid by Eric Adams as a building commissioner. So Eric Ulrich is going to drive me? Yes, and talk to you and say, hey, look, we know we know you can't support Eric Adams directly. We just want you to ease up. Ease up on the gas pedal. And you're going to walk into Richards. And sitting there at the main table, his table, is Frank Carone, his chief, chief of staff. No, he's gone, Frank, I no, thought. No, no, he's gone January 1st. He's still there. <laughs> He's the chief of staff. He's right there, Marine Park, Canarsie. I know these guys. I grew up with them. You know that, Sid. I know all these guys. But what do you, what do you mean his table? Eric Adams has a table at Michael's? Uh, Frank Caron. Oh, Frank Caron. That's right. Okay, yeah. You ever hear silent partners? Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's go on to another subject. So there you walk in, and all of a sudden there's Eric Adams and Frank Caron saying, Sid, welcome back to the 
family. Welcome back to the family. And I know who's organizing this behind closed doors. No, you don't. You have no idea. Yes, I do. Because, you think you know. Because Frank Morano, the male yente here, he, he, he lets everything go. He, he's like a washwoman. You know, you're you're very... about that. Frank Morano is, if he was ever taken captive by the Russians. Yes, he'd give it up. In two seconds. No torture. He's a great guy. He's a tremendous host, by the way. But you're right. He is like uh, like one of those ladies who plays Mahjong on he's Tuesday a nights. Woman. There's yes. no, no other way to describe it, right? He's a male right. yenta. You're right. So he's already given away the fact that you're a very dear friend, your lifelong friend, a person who's been there for you through thick and thin, Arthur Idella. Oh, my God. You went with him to poly prep. His mother, who's Mashug, chasing me down Fifth Avenue, <laughs> saying, Why are you calling Mario Faccio Bruta Cuomo? Why? King Cuomo the first. The lady is out of her mind, right? Every time I'm in Bay Ridge. She's just running up and down, and she loves you. She worships you. She adores you. So I know Arthur is very friendly with Eric Adams and Frank Carone, as he was with de Blasio. You gave him a pass on that. No, I didn't. I he, killed him for that. He's still friendly with Bill de Blasio. In fact, I saw him doing some uh, his cockamamie radio show, who I love, Arthur. He's, he's actually really talented, but no one listens to that. Yeah, now, now de Blasio is, uh, is going to be a pain to the, the parents who spend like $100,000 right, to right. send their kids right. to NYU. Yeah. He's going to ruin that generation there. But Arthur was sitting outside. In like Times Square a couple of nights. Of course. The one in short. I think Bill was even there. Oh, of course. But here's the peacetime <laughs> consigliere for Frank Caron and Eric Adams. And he arranged all this. And the idea is it can't appear to be too obvious that all of a sudden you're in love with Eric Adams again. Like when he was Brooklyn Borough President. He can't appear. I can't. Right. But they just yeah. want you to ease up off the gas. Don't be going for the jugular. Well, well, stop me right there. Give, give me an example then. Let's say that, um, first of all, this scenario, if it's true, is uh, I, can, I can see it. Just so I can see it. Yes. So they went to you and they said, uh, give me an example of something Sid says about us where you can kind of, like you're saying, take your foot off the gas. Sid, give me an example. Sid, you got to understand. Look at the analytics, right? They're going to yeah. do an Aaron Boone with you, right? <laughs> Look at the analytics. Hey, screw you, Aaron Boone. What about passion, right? <laughs> anyway, you caused me to digress. Right? We'll never win the World Series with Aaron Boone. It's always about the stats, the analytics. I hate this guy with a passion. <laughs> Let me get back on track. Okay, so now they're going to say to you, you got to understand, let me show you. There are only six felonies a day committed in the subway system that carries about three million people. It is your perception, Sid. Look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. And they'll say to you, hey, did you ever read the racing forum? Right. And you'll say, of course I did. When I played the ponies at the track. Isn't it all about the analytics, the numbers? Study the numbers. Now, Sid. Hold on a second. It's Aren't the those perception. Numbers true? Aren't those numbers true? That there's only that amount of felons and those many millions do travel every day. Is that not true? I tell you what, Sid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both you and Lou, after the show, why don't you take the A train back to Beach 116th Street and no. see if it's perception. <laughs> you know, last week it was raining so hard one day. Yes. And uh, even then I refused to take the train. I went on the damn ferry. It was like that movie Perfect Storm. Like the boat was up in the air. I thought I was going to die that day. I'd rather die in the cold waters on the ferry than take the A train. Just I want to remind you, I want to <laughs> take you back on the time machine. It was when I was running for mayor. 
and you were out in Coney Island and it was pouring cats and dogs. It was a miserable day. Oh, I was staying at my apartment, 22A, at the beautiful Ocean Drive buildings that John Katzmatidis owns. And you told me, you said, I'm going to take the D train into the studio. And what did I tell you? Stop! You did. I'm coming to pick you up. Yeah. I got to hit the Cary Housing Projects where the Bloods, <laughs> the 50 Bloods, were having a, a commemoration and a memorial for one of their dead Blood gang members. I went in there and gave them the maluk here. And then I came across, and it was raining. I said, Sid, you can't take a D-train. Come with us. Come with us. You did do that. You were nervous at my walk even to Stillwell Avenue. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was nervous for you on the D-train. Do you know the D-train is now rated by the strap hangers, the commuters, the worst subway line of the many bad subway it's lines in the city. It's even worse than the L-train? Yeah, it's D, D for danger and D for dirty. It's always <laughs> dirty. Nobody ever cleans it up. You know, guys, uh, they're having a good time on the D-train, and the maintenance guy doesn't even want to come in and clean it up. Sort of like that scene in Taxi Driver. Remember at the end of his shift when Tra Travis Bickle has to clean up the backseat of his cab? <laughs> My God, it's miserable, the D-train. Up to 205th and Perry Avenue, Coney Island. And still will have any. Remember, I came and I saved yes, you that you morning. Did. You would have yes. never made it here to the studio. <laughs> they would have stuck to shiving you so many times. You know how many homeless people, emotionally disturbed people, oh, go I, back and forth I, on the D train? I, I don't know. No, I don't take the But train. it's the perception, Sid. You don't understand. <laughs> Look at the analytics. That's what they're going to try to uh, sort of get That's you funny. to. Get you to understand their point of view. It was it was brilliant what you just. Did. They're gonna work they're, you over. They're gonna work you over. I soon. heard this yesterday on your show too, which I love twelve to one every day. This was brilliant how you laid it out this morning. So now that you laid all this out, yes, and you may be right, all of it. I don't think you are, but you may be. Uh, when in fact I get the call to make this meeting happen, there's not going to be a gun in the bathroom. By the way, should I do it or should I not? What do you, what's your recommendation? No, no, you should do it. But wait a second. I should do it? Intel. Intel, you understand? I need you to go inside the belly of the beast. Be nice. Uh, be um, uh, be very, uh, very flexible in terms of your performance. <laughs> and you bring the intel back. Now, look, there is a show between your show and my show in the afternoon. And that gives everyone a chance to take a deep breath. Because after I listen to you every Monday through Friday from 6 to 10, I am so fired up when <laughs> I come really on are. right after O'Reilly from 12.15 yeah. to 1. I think I'm going to dedicate all 45 minutes to critiquing your love <laughs> affair, your renewed love affair with Eric Adams. Oh, my God. When I saw that picture you took with Eric Adams right before the start of the Columbus Day Parade. How did you see that picture? It went viral. People were, and they sent it to me, and I said, oh, my God, look at, look at the look on Eric Adams' face, oh right? He's got his finger up, thumbs up, and I said, in his mind, he's saying, I got this cracker back. I got this cracker right back where he needs oh to God. be. Oh I need you to my. go to this meeting. I need you to do intel. Okay. All right. Well, hey. you would, I, I, will, I promise you this. You will be the first, even before John Katzmatidis, you'll be the first person I By call. the way, let me tell you something about Eric Adams that I give him a thumbs up for. Really? If I ever get kicked out of my house by yeah. Nancy, which is always a possibility. Oh, yeah. you know you mean, not a possibility, out. a probability. I'm going to Randall's Island, man. <laughs> they got the lounge. They got the Xbox. They got the 72-inch big screen plaza TV. Guy can't even speak a word of English, right? They're from Venezuela. They're going, yeah, you go Chavez. You go Chavez. And look at that. Three hots in a cot. They do their laundry. They bring it to them. It's like being at the old World War for Story of the Plaza oh, Hotel. No. And best yet, 
there are baseball fields there. There's only one positive here. The Mets scouts and the Yankee scouts, you got 500 single <laughs> able-bodied Venezuelans who love baseball. Oh, There's got to be a few catchers, pitchers, gotta utility be. players. Got to be. Try them out on the baseball fields of Randall's Island. Let's get, let's get some value <laughs> for our dollar. This is crazy, Sid. You know the other homies who were there in the homeless shelter, they're looking like, what? That's why they got the National Guard there. Because these homies are going to bum rush that place. Take the Xbox phones. They got international cell phones. <laughs> who has only drug dealers have international cell phones, Sid? And only two people showed up yesterday. They get the bus. Two people oh, got God. off the bus. Oh, my God. You got to stop. I'm begging you. Please, please. You got to take this sit right, down I'll and take, Michael's. I'll take the meeting. Can you yeah. wear a wire for me? Come no, on, man. I know I'm going to draw, draw, draw the line right no, there. No, no, no. You know, right <laughs> yeah. by your testicles. That's where you put the wire. <laughs> They'll never know because they're not going to pull your chain. No, that they won't do. That, that's, right. that's not a sign of respect, man <laughs> to man. If they pull your chain, then you're in trouble. This was far and away to see, you know, your greatest guest appearance in the history of your Hall of Fame career. It's nothing even close. Can I just give a high five to Lou, who I always hated, you know, from what that day? What do you mean you always hated? Oh, yeah, remember? He walked in yeah. to the studio. Have to break up again. Yeah, I know. Story. He walked yeah. in the studio when yeah. they had hired Imus, <laughs> and he was eyeballing everything. And I said to Ron Kuby, that's it. We're whacked. They're bringing in the Nimus. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, that's Lou right there. And he, he was smiling at me like the cat that swallowed Tweety Bird. That's not right. Curtis no, no, but right. now he's made up for that. He's made up for that by always pimp slapping you and keeping you in line when you, be, when you become too lovey-dovey with Eric Adams. All right. Thank you, Lou. I forgive you. For today. Maybe not tomorrow. All right. There he is, everybody. That was an amazing segment. I would want to have to come up next after that. And nobody is, actually. Zeldin is 740, but that's why Curtis Sleewan. I mean this sincerely. He's one of the all-time greats. Go Zeldin! Go Zeldin! <laughs> okay. We'll take a short break. More of me sit on a Thursday. That was great. That was really Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, after hearing my analysis this week, the website Real Clear Politics now predicts Republicans will win the Senate 52-48, and the House will be a red barn come November 8th. Things have changed. As the economy worsens and President Biden will not even acknowledge the horror Inflation is wreaking on working Americans. The smart money understands that money runs America, not Duncan. Families that cannot pay the bills are tense families. Biden is about as empathetic to them as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. Joe Biden is through in the court of public opinion, as is his party at least in this voting cycle. Now, the Republicans may find a way to muck it all up, but I don't think so. It's just three weeks until the vote. Biden's performance has been so awful, it is impossible to disguise it, and things are not going to change before November 8th. And so America will turn again, away from progressive zealots, and towards a more traditional governance. 
This change cannot come fast enough. The Biden administration has done a tremendous amount of damage to this country. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I've had enough of this Kanye West, too. Curtis, that was great. Thank you. Curtis Sliwa was just brilliant, I must say. Lee Zeldin is coming up next. We've got Lee Zeldin, Bill O'Reilly, and Anthony Weiner still to come, so it's a phenomenal show. But, Curtis, man, that was great radio, great theater. Kanye West is just a was a horrible person. I don't know what else to say to you. I mean, he's an anti-Semite who actually uh, boasts about it. He doesn't even try to hide it. He went on with Chris Cuomo, that loser, a couple of nights ago, and that was brutal. Chris, uh, to his credit, actually went at Kanye West, but that's easy. I mean, that's, come on. And the same thing happened with Piers Morgan last night, who I know was on Fox News, but I feel like he's a loser, too. I, I just, I, I can't get into him. So let's go to a Piers Morgan last night with this uh, Jeezy here, Kanye West, who continues to badger the Jews. And when he even apologizes, it's like, it's not really like an apology, is it? Let me play this. Is Kanye West number 21, Lou. You can ignore no, me? You Pierce, can ignore Pierce, me? Pierce, 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 how much money are you worth? Not as much as you, sadly. Exactly. So take my advice. Maybe you'll get richer. I would love to take <laughs> your business <laughs> Why advice. Why would I listen to you? Why would I listen to you? Then they start talking about, um, well, Kanye gets more racist now. Forget about Pierce's money. This is Kanye West Lewis, cut number 22. Do you have friends that were locked up? Do you have friends? Do you have uh, people aborting half your race? No. So I am the black person with the black experience that's worth $11 billion and is the most influential person on the planet. And I am questioning it. Okay. You and I have a right to question you it. Absolutely. You can't tell me. You can't tell me 
You can't tell me with your accent that me as an American Jew black person that I cannot Jew. question that death and question the means he had. I'm that not, was not, put on camera I'm, I'm not saying you to can't traumatize. I'm not fin. La 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 oh, means no. let me finish. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> with your accent. Yeah, he's a black Jew now, Kanye West. So here in this last one twenty three. He's more, Piers Morgan basically says, okay, enough, you're a racist and anti-Semite, play it. Do you now regret saying death gone free day. on Jewish people? Are you sorry you said that? No. I think it matters. You should be. Absolutely not. You should be. Absolutely not. Yeah, but yeah, you should be. Absolutely not. When you insult the Jewish people and say you're going death gone free on the Jewish people, that is as racist as anything you say you've been through Duh. and any pain that you've experienced. It's the same thing. Racism is racism. And you know that, I think, don't you? No. Hello? Yeah, Hello? obviously, that's why I said it. <laughs> so you said it knowing it's racist? <laughs> yes. yes. I fought fire with fire. Okay. I'm not here to get hosed down. At least that's it's a honest. a different type of freedom fighter. You know, I will say I'm sorry for the people that I hurt with the DEFCON, the, the confusion that I call. I feel mm. like I call, I cause hurt and confusion. And I'm sorry for the families of the people that had nothing to do with the, the trauma that I had been through. Oh. And that I use my platform where you say hurt people hurt people. And I, I was hurt. So finally, I think Howard Stern, my guy Howard, he, uh, he put it best yesterday. He just did. I know you don't like Howard out there. I don't care. This is Stern cut number 24 talking about Kanye West. I almost don't want to give any energy to this Kanye West character. I don't know much about Kanye West. I'm not big into the rap scene, but uh, he is, you know, I, I'm really tired of people excusing his behavior uh, by saying, well, he's just mentally ill. Me too. You know, hey. So was Hitler, I'm, but somebody yeah, elected exactly. him to run, run a country. You know, this whole like, well, don't worry about him. He's all mentally ill, but the shit that he's spewing, I'm hearing from a lot of people i'm talking about his latest um, wacky anti-semitic rant that he seems to feel really free to spout and a lot of media organizations are giving him attention with it and and rightly so i mean they're exposing him i i don't have any problem with that but uh boy what this guy's into it's the same old stuff with the jews there it know, is uh, growing up jewish i gotta tell you i caught so much in my life for that fights groups of people with chains hitting me all because uh you know they've been taught that the jews are evil and killed jesus and i'm like what the f i didn't kill jesus i don't even know jesus i don't even know jesus so uh, kanye west there you have it <laughs> that was great by howard stern lee zeldin is uh coming up next that's gonna be great bill o'reilly anthony weiner Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, you know the answer to that. Who's going to keep us safe after November the 8th? It's surely not Kathy Holcomb. It is Lee Zeldin. Actually, uh, Dr. Mikolos, who is a uh, terrific guest on the John Katzenmatidi show, and actually John's doctor, 
He sent this to Lee. He said, catch and release is for fish, not violent criminals. That's funny, and that is true. So with that said, here he is, the great congressman out of Long Island. And if there is a God, and I do believe in God, he'll be the next governor here in New York, my dear friend, Lee Zeldin. Lee, good morning. Welcome back. Nice to have you. It's great to be with you, Sid. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. I mean, you're on fire. Every time I watch you on TV, you're saying all the right things. The competence level is at an all-time high. I'm really proud of you. You just, you sound great. You're ready to go. And you're talking about things, Lee, that New Yorkers care about. Not abortion, but being able to walk the streets and get home safely. Yeah, I mean, if you go out on the street right now and just ask the first random 30 people you come up to, what is your most important issue? What What is going to decide your vote for governor? What do you want to see the candidates for governor focused most on? People are talking about their own breaking point in a state, their own future in a state. They want to see what we're going to do to fight rising crime, skyrocketing costs. And so that's what we've been talking about. Meanwhile, on the other side, they just want to obsess over these different tangents. And I think it's very telling that Kathy Hochul, she doesn't want to have multiple debates across the state. It's very telling that she doesn't want to talk about crime and the economy and inflation and whatnot. So while we obsess over what voters are asking us to obsess over and what issues they want us focused most on, I think it's very telling that she doesn't want to talk about any of it. Agreed. You know, I saw a commercial yesterday. I was watching TV with Danielle. She's like, you know, Lee, not her, but in the commercial. Well, Lee Zeldin, he he wants to outlaw abortion. I'm like, I don't think he wants to do that. I mean, he's pro-life, but I don't think he wants to do that. And then she goes, and Lee Zeldin, he, uh, you know, he signed to overturn the 2020 election. I go, I don't don't think he did that. I mean, is there anything in her commercial? First of all, the topics are ridiculous. Nobody cares. But is there anything in her commercial that she says about you that's true? Of course not. I mean, she's not... She's not trying to put out messages that are true. That's not why she's putting it out. She's doing it because she's trying to instill fear in motivating a base that doesn't love her. They're not excited about her. She's trying to inject enthusiasm into her base. Uh, so, for, for example, you talk about abortion. Uh, what, what I've stated, and it's a very simple point, that New York a few years ago codified far more than Roe. That when we woke up the day after the Dobbs decision came out, the law in New York was exactly the same as it was the day before. Nothing changed. And I'm not going to change it. So let's talk about crime again. <laughs> you know, let, let's, let's get back on topic to what voters want us to talk about. I mean, you want to obsess over, you know, over Donald Trump? I mean, right now, New Yorkers are, are getting hit. On our streets, in our subways, they fear for their safety. They're getting hit with congestion pricing now, this, this new Hochul hike that's coming down. People are feeling the attacks on their wallets and their safety. That's what we should be talking about. And when I got to this race a year and a half ago, we were fig- trying to figure out what would September and October of 2022 look like. And I was saying to myself, you know what, if we get – and I was saying this a year and a half ago. I said if, if we get to the fall, just before the November election, and Kathy Hochul and the Democrats uh, – and at that time, by the way, for the first few months, that was Andrew Cuomo. Right. If you remember, he resigned right. in August. Right. Um, but, but from the very beginning, if, if the other side is obsessing over the former president, and we are talking about the attacks on freedom, on wallet, on safety, on the quality of our kids' education, we're going to win all of those – 
undecided voters who are out there, the independent-minded voters, the people who are making their minds up for the first time September, October 22 before the election. So listen, if if I'm providing, you know, if, if uh, you know Sid Rosenberg ends up crossing paths with Kathy Hochul tomorrow morning and and you get an opportunity to give her some advice, yeah, just continue to obsess over the former president while the rest of us over here are talking about actually saving the state. Well said. I know the former president, though, did uh, give you a very enthusiastic endorsement. I'm actually on Truth Social, and I read it even before you talked about it, and it was very, very nice and and, uh, very honest. But I like what you said in front of the subway station, Lee, a couple of days ago. You said, yes, Trump endorsed me. You basically said, well, we knew that was going to happen. But you know what else is going on, folks? There are Democrats out there endorsing me. You mentioned Bob Holden, right, in my neighborhood, in Queens, and others. That, to me, was brilliant because we know Trump and the Republicans love you. Great. But you're talking about folks who are so sick and tired of the crime in New York, Democrats, that are saying, I want Lee Zeldin. Every single day, there are more Democrats who are getting involved in our campaign. Many of them do it very publicly. They'll write op-eds for local papers. They'll talk about how you know they're, they're a proud Democrat or a lifelong Democrat, or they've always voted Democrat. And this is the first time that they're voting for a Republican in their life. This stuff is happening just every day where we're getting notified uh, by these different Democrats who are coming on board for what should be, and Alice Esposito says it so well, my running mate, our state's next lieutenant governor, she says it's not a red She's wave. She's great, it's by a, the way. It's She's a great. common sense wave. You know, this is about all of us Republicans, Democrats, independents working together as New Yorkers to save New York City, to save New York State. So for, for us, I mean, when you have Bob Holden sitting New York City Councilman Democrat endorsing us. Ruben Diaz, former New York State Senator. Uh, Dove Hyken, former New York State Assemblyman. Steve Kaufman, former New York State Assemblyman. These are all Democrats. And by the way, that list goes on. I mean, it's a long list of people who are current or former Democratic elected officials or other leaders. And they said, you know what, enough is enough. I mean, we need to restore balance up to Albany. We need to restore sanity and common sense up there. And if you want to take back your streets and subways, if you want to start supporting our men and women in law enforcement again, if you want to hold rogue district attorneys who refuse to do, to do their job accountable, well, there's only one choice here to actually secure our streets. Uh, and, and that's just one of many important topics, although I'm hearing it at the very top of the list when I'm talking to Democrats who say, you know what, that's it. I, 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 I want to be able to walk 10 blocks in Manhattan on a beautiful summer night without having fear for my own safety with my head on a swivel. I I don't want to have to call an Uber to go two blocks where I used to be able to walk 15. Oh, that's a great point, calling Uber. And that's part of my disappointment with Eric Adams. I really, you know, he's endorsing Hochul. He's a Democrat. Well, you just mentioned 10 Democrats that are voting Republican. And if Adams really cared about the city and the state, then he wouldn't endorse people like Kathy Hochul. In fact, he would say, I'll tell you what, I'm not working with you until you fix some of these issues that he has to deal with here in the city every day. I mean, Lee, when you see what they're providing these migrants in this tent city in Randall's Island, how could anybody, any rational person, not say that's ridiculous? Well, here's the the next level of this issue is that every day it continues to get worse. It's not even like you have cut off 
the the people who are coming in and you just have to figure out what to do with the people who have arrived recently and then that's that's that i mean you have this blue state versus red state blue city versus red city these different uh, battles that are going on but even if everyone was a hundred percent on the same page by the way even if on top of it the federal government sent a check to new york city to pay for everyone who has come here. You still have not solved it. You need to secure the southern border. Until you have Joe Biden stepping up, and it's not happening, but this is what needs to happen, until you have the administration stepping up to secure a southern border, to finish construction of the border wall, end catch and release, enforce the remain in Mexico policy, stop incentivizing and rewarding illegal entry, and instead of attacking our customs and border patrol agents, until you start actually supporting our customs and border patrol agents, it doesn't matter. Nothing is going to get solved. It will only get worse each day. And it's not just about people coming across. It's things like illicit drugs. So, you know, listen, I, I, I watch what you know is going on with the drain of supplies. You talk shelters, you talk schools, you could talk healthcare facilities. I get it. But this requires leadership from the president of the United States, which is absolutely not what we are getting at all. Now, last one about the president, and it's become a local issue, too, a state issue, which you talk about all the time, selling off these uh, reserves, the oil, obviously, uh, really just a desperate attempt to get something done uh, with inflation before the midterms, which is now just 18 days away. It's too late for him to do that. But you talked about this a couple of days ago, too. New York, we have the country, New York being energy efficient. We, we, we just refuse to do it, whether it's Cuomo or Hochul. You know, the pipelines are shut down. Why not take advantage of the resources here in New York? We can do that, right, Lee? Absolutely. When we see the, the federal government cutting off Russian oil imports, I don't want to see us prancing off to Iran or Venezuela or Saudi Arabia begging them for, for their oil. We should be ramping up domestic energy production. We should be becoming energy independent again as, as a nation. Right here in New York, we should be reversing the state's ban on the safe extraction of natural gas. On the southern tier, they are begging for it. It would be tremendous as far as revenue-generated taxes that can be cut, the, the economic revitalization that would result, and the energy costs that could be brought down. I see us having a state, especially if you could also approve some of these new pipeline applications, just collecting dust on desks in Albany right now. You could be exporting energy to other states. You could be exporting energy to other countries. There is so much untapped potential right here in New York state and i think that it would be a heck of a lot better to tell the people of the southern tier begging for this permission that you can start safely extracting natural gas i think that's far superior than saying you know what we're not going to do that instead let's go run off to saudi arabia hat in <laughs> hand and beg them to give it to us that doesn't make sense and by the way we'll do it more uh, environmentally efficient than they will so if it's about the environment well we would do it even better Great. Agreed 100%. Last one, 60 seconds. And you called Eric Adams out this a couple of days, as I did. This uh, this uh, perception, like he likes to use, that they're trying to pass, that gun violence is an issue on the subway. 67% of the murders committed on the subway had nothing to do with a gun. So once again, whether it's abortion, gun once again, uh, they've been exposed here as liars. You talked about it a couple of days ago, too. 67%, not a gun, Lee. No guns. 
And you referenced murder, and there are a whole lot of other people who are being attacked, and they are surviving an attack. I mean, we see the videos where you know someone might get hit over the head with uh, a hand. They might get stabbed. They might get hit over the head with a glass bottle, pushed in front of an oncoming subway car, or, or just pushed onto the tracks, and they're able to, to, to get out of the way before the next train comes. There are so many crimes that are committed that have nothing at all to do with guns. And the idea that there's nothing at all for us to talk about except for guns is doing absolutely no justice, no service for all the other New Yorkers who are actually in touch with reality. And Kathy Hochul, she, she does this all the time. You would think that there is no such thing as a crime that doesn't involve a gun. Like, it's right. just not even happening. Yeah. And, and the, the reality is is that there's far more that needs to get done from the pro-criminal laws that need to be rolled back. You have a DA. You know, he won't enforce fair jumping. That, that, that results in a lot less money for the MTA. But a lot of crimes end up being committed. And if you're going to be traveling inside of the subway, if you want to go down into these stations, if you want to be on a platform, you need to be actively utilizing the service. More law enforcement should be there, better lighting, enforce the laws that are being broken. And the list goes on of all the things we need to be doing that we're not doing enough right now. You are running such a tremendous campaign, man. You have cut that big double-digit lead down to nothing. And in 18 days, you're going to win. I'm proud of you. New York is proud of you. And uh, I'm expecting a big win for you in 18 days. We'll talk again next week. Great job, Lee Zeldin. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Sid. My man. Lee Zeldin. There he is, folks. That's your next governor in New York. You know how great he sounds? He sounds great. He knows the issues. He's not afraid to talk about the big issues, unlike Kathy Hochul. There he is, folks, the next governor of New York, our guy Lee Zeldin. Bill O'Reilly's coming up next hour. Keep it right here. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Falls, my favorite Billy Joel song, as we start the third hour of today's program. 8.07 on your Thursday morning. My phone blowing up. Joseph Abood, Sal, Joe the Box, and a host of others who loved the Lee Zeldin conversation. And it wasn't me. I mean, I asked some questions. Fine. But it was Lee. One of these days after Lee wins, I'm going to play an interview I did with Lee months ago and one today. And you're going to hear this confidence level and he's so strong on the topics not that he wasn't before he was but 
I'm telling you, folks, just trust me. Lee Zeldin, 15 minutes ago on this show, and you're not going to hear a better conversation, a better interview. Not the same guy from three months ago. Well, most people aren't, right? You, you know, you're in a race, you, you become more learned, and you get better. But his confidence level is just superb. And she's like a mousy little, meek little, lion, thieving, corrupt biatch. And this guy is a great American. So I'm glad you enjoyed the interview, but it wasn't me. It was Lee. So I told you earlier this morning when you go to the New York Post today and you get to page 34, and I once again have to commend John Katz and Matidis. I know Margo will love her to pieces. Trust me, love her. Love Chad, too. Chad's great. They've all handled the loss of Bernie with such incredible grace. And everything this radio station has done, including the six-hour, 15-minute tribute that I put on last week, has been amazing with their leadership. So I commend and I applaud all of them, John, Margo, Chad. But I know this was, this was John. And John made sure that we did this ceremony at St. Patrick's Cathedral. How do I know that? Because he brought it up to me right after. He said, wouldn't it be nice? And now it's happening. Because when John says something, it happens. I, uh, yeah. Said, stop sucking up to the boss. I said this, I'll say it again at 6 o'clock. I'm under contract. It has nothing to do with me. I don't need to suck up to anybody here. I don't need to. When one of my coworkers does a good job, I say, great job. And when they suck, I say, they suck. Called out Greg Kelly just last week. John deserves credit. He has been amazing here. Carol knows it. Bernie loved him, too. His idea from the beginning was, Let's have a service that everybody can attend. All you people on Facebook, oh, I can't live anymore. I'm going to kill myself. I miss Bernie. You know, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see because you're invited next week. Next Wednesday at St. Patrick's Cathedral, 10 a.m. to 1130, Memorial Mass. For my guy, Bernie, what a beautiful picture in the paper, too. He looks so cute. I mean it. He's got this angelic smile and that cocky little grin that, I saw from Bernie often. It's a beautiful ad. Once again, page 34, today's New York Post. Well, now you can all come. I don't want to hear, well, I had to work that day. Well, you know, my dog had diarrhea. I don't want to hear it. 10 o'clock next Wednesday, be at St. Patrick's Cathedral and give our guy Bernard the final send-off. That'll be it. That he deserves. So I, you know what I do? I've been... Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm busy still doing the show, which I've been doing for months, even without Bernie. Bernie missed a couple of months even before he tragically passed away. We know all this already. But I've been going back and listening to some old bits, you know, because I miss him. And I came across (laughs) something else. I came across this bit, which I'm going to play now. And it was Bernie on the streets in Times Square interviewing New Yorkers about the Monica Lewinsky scandal, which Imus and McCord and Lou and Bernie, those guys had a field day with that. And to say Bernie was great would be an understatement. He just nails this. It's about a minute and a half long, but you're going to want more. In fact, there is more, which I cut out, which I'm going to play tomorrow, because the third guy that walks up to Bernie is actually... A very famous New Yorker. I'm saving that for tomorrow. But here it is. This has to be 20 years old from the Imus in the Morning show. My guy Bernie on the streets in Times Square asking New Yorkers about Bill Clinton 
and Monica Lewinsky. Let's go back to Times Square now with the executive producer of the Irish Morning Program. Bernard McGurk there with apparently another derelict in Times Square. Good morning, Bernie. I have some fine, upstanding citizens right here in the middle of Times Square. I mean, of course, it's appropriate that we'll be, we would be talking about uh, President Clinton here in Times Square. <laughs> yeah. The old Times Square uh, image, I, I should say. Sir, what's your name? Edward. Edward, uh, have you ever seen an old guy in a cowboy hat trying to pick up a hooker in Times Square? <laughs> <laughs> You've been working here for a long time, haven't you? Yeah. Have you ever seen an old guy in a cowboy hat looking to pick up a young chick in the new Times Square Disney uh, Style Times Square. Not yet. Not yet. Let me ask you this. Do you think the president had sex with Monica Lewinsky? Um, I don't really um, know if I believe if he didn't. Have uh, you heard about it? Yes, I've heard about it. I don't, I don't believe he didn't because we're all men. You know what I'm saying? We all do things that maybe we shouldn't do. So it's okay if he did? No, it's not really okay because he's the president. I mean, he got to uphold a certain image. What if your boss hit on you? You got enough money, hey, why not? <laughs> I hear you humming, man. Hey, let me ask you this. Are you down with the East Coast or the West Coast rappers? I'm down with the East Coast, brother. I hear you humming, yo. Peace out, man. I you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stay black. Sir, can I ask you a question? Sure. What's your name? Stan. Stan, do you believe the president had sex with Monica Lewinsky? No. You don't? No. Do you believe he groped uh, Kathleen Willey in the White House? No. Have you heard about any of these events uh, or read about them? I heard about them, you know, on the radio and uh, news articles on magazines. Do you play three-card Monty in this area regularly? No. <laughs> okay, so, well, uh, these are some of the people who are responding, apparently, to these polls that we are perplexed about hearing. So you believe the president should stay in office? Yes, I do. Do you think he's an African trying to suck up to the blacks and, uh, who are going to be on, uh, on future juries? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Bernard. No, no. How many times did I hear that? Bernard, no, no, Don Amos. Anyway, that was uh, some brilliant stuff. Bo Deedle, oh, I love. He reminds me, and uh, John Katzmatidi sent me this yesterday, that they did a whole tribute to Bernie Charlie Rose in the New York Times yesterday. That was actually good, unlike that scumbag Ed Shanahan last weekend. Or uh, that lowlife Errol Lewis, who was on CNN this morning, who both took shots at my guy Bernie on Twitter. The Times yesterday did a nice piece. And um, again, today, New York Post, page 34, pick it up. So I can't tell you about Bill Clinton. I actually like Bill Clinton. I did. I liked him. Uh, the Monica Lewinsky thing for me was nonsense. I couldn't care less what he does with his personal life. I, I didn't care when Donald Trump was uh, banging Stormy Daniels in Lake Tahoe. I don't care. I don't care. I want our country to be safe. I want our people to do well. I don't want inflation. I don't want race issues. I don't want our young men and women dying overseas for nonsense. I don't care what they do in the Oval Office. You know there was no bigger whoremaster in the history of the presidency than John Kennedy. Nobody was worse than him. Nobody. And his wife was gorgeous. I think even prettier than Melania Trump, Jackie O. He had girls in and out of that Oval Office every day. I don't care. There's Joe Biden stands in front of everybody yesterday and lies, just flat-out lies, about why he's selling off these oil reserves. We know it's because the midterms are 18 days away, and they are desperate and scared to death, and they should be. They're about to get beat like Dooku Kim in the ring with Ray Mancini. That's a rough one. I know he died. Yeah, well, But, but it's going to be that bad. You could call it rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a lie. Well, it's going to be that bad. So he's lying to you, Joe Biden. Well, I care about... Bill Clinton. I mean, the fact is, we did well. Now, look, Bill did some things. Shouldn't say that. Bill allowed some things to go on. That 1,000% we're going to hammer the next guy 
And sure enough, in comes dopey George Bush, 43, who's not a smart man. And he took a beating for some of the things that Bill Clinton allowed to happen because Bill enjoyed the riches. But I like Bill. Never liked his wife. And certainly don't like Bill as much now after all these Jeffrey Epstein stories. But certainly like him more than Joe Biden, I'll tell you that. So here's Biden yesterday lying when he's asked flat out, are you selling our oil reserve? Is it a political move? He says no. This is Joe Biden, Lewis, cut number four. What is your response to Republicans who say you are only doing this SPR release because, to help Democrats in the midterms? Where have they been the last four months? That's my response. Is it politically motivated, sir? This no, it's not. Three weeks before the midterms. Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? Too long. It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on. And that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home. And at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. That's what I've been doing. Now, the problem is these guys are asleep. I don't know where they've been. (laughs) And they seem, you know, the price at the pump should reflect what the price of a barrel of oil costs. And it's not going down consistently. Can't wait to talk to Bill O'Reilly coming up. That ain't dementia there, folks. Well, that was unfortunate. Yes, he speaks like uh, Forrester Brooks. But that's not dementia. That's a liar. Those are two different things. Pumping gasoline. We've got to look at all of Hold me up. Lydia reports and Bill O'Reilly right after Lou Dobbs with his business report. Right here, mornings on WABC. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street coming off its first losing session of the week despite more solid quarterly reports. AT&T leading off today's earnings reports. Earnings per share forecast to decline, but investors will be more focused on monthly subscriber trends, particularly wireless and broadband customer data. Existing home sales are forecast to have declined in September. Rising mortgage interest rates continue to put pressure on the housing market. Tesla shares fell and extended trading, the company missed on third quarter revenue estimates despite record deliveries. Tesla is still forecasting a 50% increase in deliveries for the full year. Wall Street continues to closely monitor unemployment data. Another unexpected jump in initial jobless claims could signal the labor market is cooling. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, despite the pandemic being over, despite the fact that we know that it doesn't affect kids the same way it does adults, despite the fact that we know that you have to be elderly have underlying conditions and be obese in order for it to make you really sick and that most people that get it recover very quickly and for kids it basically does nothing to them at all i know because when i had covid my daughter she's with me all the time she got a cold and she but she never tested positive for it 
the Centers for Disease Control yesterday unanimously voted to add the COVID vaccine to the list of shots for school kids, meaning that if your kid doesn't get the COVID vaccine, he or she can't go to school. Here's Dr. Marty McCary of John, Johns Hopkins School of Medicine on Fox News. There has never been a vaccine added to the child immunization schedule without solid clinical evidence that it reduces disease significantly in the community. The COVID vaccine in children will be the first. It will be added with no clinical data. Ridiculous. I mean, I'll give you a better story. My son Gabriel has respiratory issues. He actually wow. takes medicine every night before he goes to bed. It's called Singular. And he takes it every night. He got COVID. And he got COVID when everybody else was getting really sick and dying. Child, respiratory issues, other disabilities. He was fine in two days. Right. Hundreds of kids did not die. Thousands of kids did not die. So, look, as I've said all along, whether it's the CDC, why we continue to listen to them, let them provide guidelines, uh, WHO, all these community, all these organizations are, are doing something crooked because the science makes no sense. None. You're right. And if it doesn't make sense, it usually has to do with dollars and cents. I, I mean, that's what it looks like to me now. Yep. Like the CDC, they can't mandate that kids get the shots. Like just because the CDC says it doesn't mean that like my kid's school tomorrow is saying, okay, now Julia has to get the shot. However, states can adopt their recommendation. And you know, states like these very blue ones, like California, possibly New York, they're going to adopt those recommendations and force your kids to get the jab. Lee Zeldin, He's running for governor of New York. He's already come out and said that he is not going to do that. He's not going to force kids to get the COVID vaccine. But you just, I, I can't believe in this day and age. And then in California, Governor Gavin Newsom actually signs legislation yep. that if a doctor talks, like says something uh, a negative about the COVID vaccine or recommends a treatment that they don't approve of, that that doctor can lose their license. So you have a lot of doctors out there that I've spoken to myself and they say, I don't think a kid should get the vaccine. Then you hear about the cases of myocarditis and you're hearing about these young, perfectly healthy kids dropping dead of like heart attacks and strokes. And you want to give the kid because we know that it causes some sort of like inflammatory immune response and kids already have an overactive, super sensitive immune system. So why would we do this to them? I don't understand when we know that it doesn't even affect them like the flu does. It's really scary, and there's a lot of corruption going on, and God help us all if, like, our state or any other states adopts this because kids don't deserve to to be treated like this. Couldn't agree more. Well done. Excellent, excellent report. Gavin Newsom, another guy that's no good and may very well run for president uh, on that side. But California, much like New York, has sold their soul to the devil when it comes to covid but our kids, that's right. I, I mean, me, I'm done. You know, no more boosters, no more of this nonsense. I got the shots. I got one booster shot. It's over. I'm done. Don't tell me what my kids should do. Just don't do it. Absolutely not. We'll talk about this and so many other issues that matter to regular Americans. And we tell the truth. That's it. We're not, we're not, we don't have a hidden agenda. Listen to Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. We stand for truth, justice, and the American way. It's a good show. You don't want to miss it. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Breaking news. WABC. Do have some breaking news. After just 44 days replacing Boris Johnson as the prime minister in the U.K., Liz Truss has quit. She stepped down moments ago. It's been a very rocky 44 days since she took office. Don't forget the queen died. The economy in England is a mess. Energy costs are through the roof. The Conservative Party has taken a beating. So just 44 days after replacing Boris Johnson as the prime minister in the U.K., Liz Truss moments ago has resigned. That is a very, very big story. But a bigger story is what happens here every Thursday morning at 8.40, and that is the ratings go through the roof because he was the best, he still is the best, he'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC, his tremendous website. Of course, you have the no-spin news, BillOReilly.com, great interviews and great TV shows and all that stuff. Bill O'Reilly just kills it. His new book in the Killing series, and they're all great. Killing the Legends is doing very, very well. Not that far removed from a world tour in Florida and Texas with President Donald Trump. Here he is, the best ever, my friend Bill O'Reilly. Bill, forget about Liz Trust for a second. Let's go to the guy, the guy in charge right here in the United States. Again yesterday, bold-faced. This is not dementia. This is a liar. Bold-faced. Told the American people that uh, selling off these uh, oil reserves is not politically driven, it's not, and it will decrease the price of gas. Come on, Bill. Really? Well, the border's secure, Sid, and the economy's strong <laughs> as hell, you know? You're right. I forgot those yeah, two so we get, You know, we get, look, every one of us knows people, and we use the word eccentric. That's a polite word. A little bit eccentric. So Thanksgiving coming up, and many people have to invite relatives that are a little eccentric. (laughs) And they sit there at the table, and you serve them a nice Thanksgiving dinner, and all of a sudden, you know, they're talking about they were visited um, by someone from Venus (laughs) who um, ate all their uh, cake. So, you know, people don't don't want to believe they being – a large portion of the American public, they don't want to believe that Joe Biden is incapacitated, that he is living in a delusional world, a world that doesn't really exist. But it's a world that he feels very comfortable in. So he, he's comforted by his wife, who's the main enabler of all this, Jill Biden. Um, and she knows that he's not capable of uh, independent thought or um, basically – evaluating situations for what they are. So you brought up the oil reserve. So he says to people, okay, so 15 million barrels of oil, we're going to take it out of our reserve uh, that's there in case uh, we have a blackout, somebody hacks into our system, and you know we have to have an emergency fuel supply. We're going to take that out, and uh, we're going to distribute it around so that oil prices will go down. Well, that's not going to happen. Oil prices aren't going to go down for 15 million barrels of oil. Everyone knows that. I shouldn't say everyone. People who understand economics know it. But people just hear this stuff. You know, so they're they're working. They're in the car. They're they're this around. They just hear it, and they just it doesn't really register. 
But what it does say is, well, he's doing something. He wants to do something <laughs> to help us at the at the gas pump. And that's what it's all about. I mean, it's it's I've never really uh, when I look back on this country and I'm doing this tonight on the no spin news on BillOReilly.com as a television broadcast. We've had some really bad presidents in this country. Yeah, yeah. Really bad. Yeah. Yep. Hello, Warren Harding. <laughs> yeah. His wife poisoned him. That's how much <laughs> she hated him. Yeah. Okay. So we've had some bad ones. But Biden is, is – it's almost – you just your jaw drops. And here is the kicker on this. Give me one problem, just one that Joe Biden has solved in the two years he's been in office. Not one. Not Can one. Can you give me any? Bill, I can't give you – I promise you. I, I would. It's not like I'm trying to – you know, right. I can't give you one. I can't. Give me, give me anything that he's made better um, that Americans go, gee, I'm glad Joe tackled that. You know, he tackled it. And um, now we're in a better place. <laughs> it's just – I can't give you one. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, next year the Mets don't win any games. <laughs> They lose 162 games. They never win. Oh, God. But I I will say this. It does show you how desperate these Democrats are. We're 18 days away now. That's high. 18 days away from these midterm elections. And to say they're scared to death, it may be the understatement of the year because what he did here speaks directly to the fear about these midterms. Hey, I'm doing something. I'm trying to help you folks. No, that's not true. So they're scared to death, Bill. I think you're right. I think we're going to win the House, the Senate, and in two years, take back Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, I don't know who we is, Sid, because I'm an independent kind of guy. Well, me, Republicans. Um, (laughs) But I don't think at this point in history there's any doubt it's going to be a massacre on November 8th. And I think Zeldin's going to win, too. I could be wrong about that because there's this murky Democratic machine uh, in New York City. Uh, Zeldin's got to get about 35, 37 percent of the vote in New York City to win. But the rest of the state is going to go red. Um, And um, I'm watching these numbers, even the internal numbers. And Zeldin's got to do a few more things uh, between now and Election Day. He's got to seal it. But I, I can't see with the, the horror that New Yorkers experience every day in violent crime alone. Yeah, yeah. Alone. Yeah. Um, how you could vote for Kathy Hochul, who is not going to solve. Again, she's very much like Biden. There isn't any problem that she is going to solve. Not one. Yes, not one. And I tell you, I mentioned this earlier. I was watching the news with Danielle last night uh, and uh, Bill, the local news, you know, and every commercial for a good, I don't know, five minutes, was a political commercial. And everyone I saw on the left, Sean Patrick Maloney, some other people don't recognize their names, it was the same thing. Abortion and gun laws. Are you nuts with all the issues in this country? You're talking about abortion? What am I missing here? Well, that's all I have. So Biden tried it this week and gave a speech on abortion, and it got very little traction. Even the networks uh, who are actively rooting for him, uh, they ran about a minute and a half of it, and they didn't run much of him. Uh, it was just that, you know, if you vote Republican, that no, um, you're not going to be able to get birth control, and you're not going to be able to have an abortion. You're not going to be able to go out of the house. You're not going to have a car, um, and you're not going to be able to eat in a diner. So if you vote for Republicans, you can't do anything. 
you know, it's just like, okay, um, but that's all I have. But you're going to see in the next two weeks a couple of things. Trump, they're going to try to drag back into, <laughs> into the election. They already did. It's in all these commercials. He I, supported I, I, Trump. Try yeah. on, the, on the so-called straight newscast. They're going to tr- <laughs> desperately try yeah. to get Trump somehow back, um, whether, whether he has a Halloween costume. Or, I don't know. You could get him back. we got to get him back in the next two weeks. To do, remember a couple of weeks ago, the box story in Mar-a-Lago? Yes. The anonymous sources. Trump was down there moving boxes. Remember that? Do, yes. It was totally absurd. It was insane. Ridiculous. Like Trump would ever be down in his basement moving a box. Okay. Okay. That was all over the place. Lead story. moving a box. And who knows what's in him? And some guy saw him. We don't know who the guy is, but he moved the box in the basement. And I'm saying, this is insane. But that's what we're going to get beginning Sunday on the morning shows, on the network morning shows. Nobody watches them, but the clips go out. Right. And and, and so the, the press knows they're going to get waxed, the Democrats. And the, and, the, and the press and the Democrats, they are allied together. They're together. And and so they're going to do everything they can, and that's what you're going to hear in the next two weeks. Any truth to the rumor, my friend Bill O'Reilly, that you are very seriously considering selling a palatial estate on Long Island to move into Randall's Island, where you'll get a free Xbox, a free cell phone, three meals, and have your laundry clean for free? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> You'd be crazy not to, right? You know, I don't. First of all, I want to say something. I don't begrudge these poor people getting any kind of largesse. I don't. I mean, if I covered the war in Central America in El Salvador, I know that area. It's horrible, and I don't. If they can get a little relief, I'm fine with that. Um, the corruption surrounding the whole immigration. Uh, situation is going to lead to Joe Biden's impeachment um, in probably February of next year because he is actively undermining stated immigration law. Let me give you one vivid example because people don't know this. If you want to apply for asylum, you have to go to a port of entry. There are about 300 ports of entry in the United States. You have to present yourself. I am uh, Jose from uh, San Salvador. I fear for my life. I want to apply for asylum. And in those ports of entry, they will process you. Okay? And it will be done orderly. That is the only way under immigration law, that you can apply for asylum in the United States. You have to go to the port of entry. And there are a ton of them on the southern border. Biden has allowed, by fiat, by nothing, no, nothing was passed, no executive order. He didn't mean, they didn't put it in writing. He's allowed people to walk across the river, okay, the Rio Grande, come here and apply for asylum in the middle of the desert. Hmm. Hey, I want asylum. That's illegal, all right? And he is doing it. Biden is doing it. If that's not an impeachable offense, nothing is. Right, right. All right, so he took an oath to uphold the laws of the United States. He's actively breaking them. 
which has led to 5 million foreign nationals coming to the United States since he's been president. I mean, that's what's going to happen, just so people know. Will it be successful? I mean, we saw Donald no. Trump. Oh, of course not. Okay. No, you yeah. can't. It'll be successful in the House. Right. Right. Because the Republicans are going to win 60, 70 seat majority in the House. That's how big it's going to be. But in the Senate, even if the Republicans win two, which is, I think, what's going to happen, you need two thirds of the Senate to right. convict and remove. Right. We're not going to so get that. that won't happen. Yeah. Let me ask you one more about the Democratic Party. And you mentioned even in your morning message this morning, which was great. Joe Biden, people stop listening. It's over. OK. Um, and the Democrats are going to have a difficult time outside the presidency come November. So if they really have their sights set on keeping that seat on Pennsylvania Avenue in 2024, you've talked, Bill, about a couple of potential folks, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris. Let's exclude Biden. He's not going to run again. Buttigieg, Harris. Is there, I mean, they're not going to win. Stop. No. Is there anybody, anybody we're missing? A Gavin Newsom. Is there a decent Democrat or somebody people will actually, I don't know, like? Somebody that I'm missing, we're missing. Michelle Obama. She's not going to run. Well, maybe okay, she well, if you're right on that, and you may be, remember, Michelle Obama is launching a, a humongous book tour after the election. Right. She's going into arenas like I did with Trump. And she's going in there with famous people. And, and you know, her book's going to be a huge success. Yep. And, and so this could be a kickoff for her. But... You may be right. She doesn't want to be torn to pieces, which she would be if she runs for president. She would win, though. I'll tell you what. They may tear her to pieces, but she'd win. She'd be formidable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But nobody attached to this Biden disaster can run. What about Hillary? No. Hillary's not going to be able to run. So Newsom knows that, and he's raising a lot of money out there in California. Um, you know, he's got the hair salon and, and he's got everything going for him. He's got the, the wine tastings yeah, yeah. and, uh, he's certainly going to go no yeah. doubting that he'll, he'll try to run. So right. Uh, right now it's a very lean landscape, um, for the Republicans have a much more robust, uh, roster. Yeah. Um, but things change fast. What do you think about this ticket? You ready? Let's get about Donald Trump. Forget about Ron DeSantis. I'm giving you a ticket. That I think you're going to love. You ready? First time ever. Two females. Tulsi Gabbard and Sarah Palin. They get waxed. <laughs> they would? Yeah. I mean, uh, Tulsi Gabbard is an interesting um, person, but her foreign policy is, is nuts. I mean, it's just like, okay, um, we're not going to get involved with anything. We're going to let everybody do whatever they want to do. Well, she's, a, well, she's a Democrat, right. Well, yeah, but most Democrats support Biden and Ukraine and, and arming the Ukrainians, and she doesn't even want to do that. Right, true, true, true. I mean, you know, yeah. so you go, oh, I don't know. You know, the Chinese would love her. <laughs> and and Mrs. Palin, I, you know, I think is <clears throat> it's peaked, right? She's peaked. And I don't even think she's going to win uh, her seat in Alaska. She's running for Congress. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that, uh, that's interesting. Well, that's why you're the best in the business, because you know all. Uh, tell us how the, uh, the book is doing. I know last week it was doing great. Yeah, yeah, we're really doing well, much better than uh, in a recession that I thought we would do. Um, but what's really weird is that if you go on Amazon and you punch up Killing the Legends, the lethal danger of celebrity, you go to the, to the book, it pops up. There are about 800 reviews of the book. And it is the 
best-reviewed killing book. This is the 12th killing book of all of them except Jesus. And it's really hard to criticize Jesus. You know, you, right. I don't know if you want to get into that <laughs> right. realm, just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah. So killing, killing the <laughs> legends, apparently readers, and these people who buy the book and read it, I mean, like it better than all the other killing books. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm stunned. Wow. Well, so it's got what they call legs. Yeah, good, good. And, uh, you know, we're going to promote it through Christmas, and then we got good. one more killing book. Well, you, I think you knew it was going to be very popular, but it's actually doing no, better. You than never you know. Yeah. Recession yeah. Hurt, Hurts book. Oh, boy. I mean, if you look at the top 100, there's only like eight books. On the rest of them are A Good Night Moon, I'm a Fuzzy Bear, you know, right. written by Bob Woodward, by the way, the Fuzzy Bear. Yes, book. yes, I know that. I know that. <laughs> well, by the way, when you write your next Killing the Legends book, make sure to include Kanye West because this guy's gone completely nuts. That's for another week, another story. You were brilliant again today. You're the best. And, uh, you know, I love when you come on and you do great things for this radio station from me on this show. So thank you so much. Anytime, Sid. I always enjoy it. Thank Me too. You. Thank Bye. you. That's my friend Bill O'Reilly. Check him out 9 o'clock tonight on WABC. He's the king, folks. He is the king. Fourth and final hour coming up next. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Starting early this morning, well, Lee Zeldin was great. Bill O'Reilly, was he's the best ever. And then um, we had somebody else on at 7.05. It was, like, really good. Was, oh, yeah. Curtis. Yeah, very good. Well, Curtis does a show with Anthony Weiner, you know, on the weekends. They do this, uh, Leprous is Right, which I believe is 3 to 4 every Saturday. And before that, Anthony does his own show from 2 to 3. It's called The Middle. Where Wiener, who is a, um, I mean, just a, uh, a liberal with a capital L, uh, fakes it and, and, and uh, tries to get somewhere near the middle, but it's, it's, it's really disingenuous. But um, <laughs> as I say that, he's sitting right in front of me. And uh, here's our friend, uh, two to four Saturdays, Anthony Wiener. Good morning, Anthony. How are you? Good morning. You, know, you, you got a little taste of Curtis as a, 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 on the, when the dial switched to 10 this morning. He was, uh, he, now you know what I have to do with yeah, it. Yeah, it's not easy. It's, it's like yeah. kind of squeeze squ- a word, but he is, uh, he is amazing. He How are you? He was funny today. He was, uh, I'm good, thank you, you too. Uh, he was funny talking about the whole Mayor Eric Adams thing. I do want to get to this uh, story out of the U.K., though. It's a big story. If you don't know, folks, after just 44 days, Liz Truss has quit as the prime minister after she replaced Boris Johnson this morning. She was uh, went through a lot there in 44 days. The queen died when she t- after she took over. Obviously, the economy is a mess. The uh, energy issue is huge. And the party there, the conservative party, has been taking a beating. So once again, after 44 days, Liz Truss said, uh, like Roberto Duran, no mas. What do you know about that? Well, this is, this is their third prime minister in a year. Remember, Theresa May came in after Brexit. They tossed her to the wolves. Look, I did a whole episode about this in the middle. There's a lot of things about the British system you like. You know, we Democrats, if we had the ability to throw out our leader in the middle of, of a term, we would probably have done that with Biden. You tried a hundred. Oh, with Biden. <laughs> you, say, yeah, you see what you did? You are in the middle. 
Because you the, tried with Trump about 100 times. Well, but the, the, the thing that's going that on there, the problem with the, with the parliamentary system is, you know, you vote for the party and then the party leaders get together and choose their leader. And it doesn't necessarily mean they get someone with good political skills. But in this case... She did exactly what the conservatives wanted to do. She proposed this giant tax cut that was unpaid for, and basically there was a rebellion among the people, and then all of her, all of her colleagues ran away from her. But it is a mess there. But interestingly there, right now, the conservatives, they're, if the polls, they're the fourth most popular party. They're going to get swamped. And some people think that what might happen next is they may call an election or something, but it is, it's a mess there. Some of, the, some of the countries of Europe are moving to the right. Some are moving to the left. The common theme, and it's true here too, you don't want to be an incumbent right now. No one wants to be in office right now because people are pissed. Yeah, somebody said that to us yesterday too, that the incumbents are in uh, big trouble here in, uh, in the United States. Well, let's get to it then. They were 18 days away from the midterms. And uh, there seems to be, again, this thought, and everybody's there now, everybody, that there's going to be a huge red wave, the House easy, the Senate maybe getting easier, leading up to the big election in 2024. Zeldin, he's going to beat Hochul, and Walker's going to win in Georgia, and Oz is going to beat Fetterman. These are some predictions from from very smart people who just weeks ago said that wasn't going to be the case. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a case the Democrats might have peaked too soon, right? After the combination of the the decision on Dobbs and the fact that 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 Biden finally was able to get some bills passed, Democrats had a little bump, but now it's starting to recede a little bit. But the way to look at this stuff is not any one poll. You look at the average of the polls. These things are very the, the fundamentals, as they say, are great for Republicans. Inflation is high. Unemployment, you know, uh, the, the economy is a mess. The in party is unpopular. This is a good time to be a Republican. I'd rather be a Republican than Democrat right now. I still think that the Democrats are going to hold on to the Senate, but it's going to be very close. Oh, you do? I do. I mean, it's. Well, it's you, what race do you like? Uh, you think Fetterman? Do you think Warnock? Well, these are the, the, we, you've been talking about the big races. Fetterman is still up by a couple of points yeah. on Oz. I don't know how many You've got, is. you know, Arizona Kelly is still leading Masters in He's Arizona. He's got a nice lead. Yeah. Wisconsin Johnson seeks holding on. That guy is that guy's one fry short of a happy meal, but he's holding on <laughs> because what they did is they plastered this guy, Mandela Barnes on crime, just like what's going on here. He, no he, got, he got, got, got killed on it. Right. And Ohio's, Ohio's the wild card, although the Democrats seem to be holding on. Ohio's, Ohio's red at this point. Uh, so. J.D. Vance kicked the living daylights out of Tim Ryan a couple of nights oh, ago. Oh, I got to tell you he something. Did, you got to look at that tape of Ryan calling Vance a basically call him a wuss. He did say that. And yeah. that was... Yeah. That was good. He had one moment. That, that, that was, but he had we'll, one punch. We'll he landed one punch. And Otherwise, Vince, he got his I ass I got to tell you, the problem with Vince, he's such a phony. You go and read his book, well, Hillbilly Elegy. He's my friend. He's not a <laughs> All right, fair enough. Back. Fair enough. I, I don't even know back. that. I have no I idea who he is. I don't care. Uh, I just wanted to win because I want Republicans to win. I'm interested, if you were still running for office, the mandate, it seems like, and maybe mandates are wrong, boy, you can correct me, but it seems like the mandate is abortion. you got to talk about abortion or maybe gun laws because you can't win on anything else. If you're running for office right now, you're going to waste my time in a state where it's legal with abortion? Really? Well, you what – first of all, you know, you, you made – Fun of it before, but like I could not get elected in my district today because, as a guy who was kind of fairly pro cop, I sponsored the cops program. I was hawkish what do you on mean Israel. Fairly pro cop? How about I smack you right now? What do you mean fairly pro cop? 
Well, I, I know that no no job is 100% anything. Oh, get out of here. So, Stop it. You're, so you're pro why cop. is it? Just say, why pro, is just it, say pro cop. Why, why is it pro cop? I start to say something no. that shows that I'm more moderate? You stop me on the one because liberal thing. Because I don't want to hear Bailey pro cop. Just See, say this I'm is, pro cop. Well, this is why I have a show called The Middle, and you have a show called Wackadoo Right. That's why we have different shows. <laughs> Wait a second. But, Wait a second. I'm pro choice. That's the point. I'm for gay marriage. And, and, and you believe the election was on the level. I don't believe that the okay. election was on a level. Okay, well. But what I tell I you that, no, any... hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about them finding touchdowns at 4 o'clock in the morning so the Chiefs really beat Brady and the Buccaneers. Forget about that. Right. What I'm talking about is. Which is, what, what, which is what Trump believes. Right, that's fine. And which is what, what Zeldin came out in favor of. Not in favor that's of. Zeldin no, voted to did throw not. out our votes. Our votes as New Yorkers, okay. he voted to throw them out. Why can I trust that guy? My issue is, oh, really? Yeah. You, you can trust Hochul, that no. evil biatch? Hey, really? I'm, I'm you can not, trust I'm, her? Yeah, well, listen, I know she, she's uh, on the big constitutional issue of the day choice. She's on the right side. Who cares? And anyone who believes in throwing out yes. election results, my election results, I don't want him anywhere near power. Okay, he didn't believe that. That's first of all. What but do you mean? Oh, he was, he, that's right, because he was posturing for Trump. I don't like that either. Well, it's fine. But let's get back to where the election was rigged. When you've got a story about the president's son, which is all true, every in bit e- of it, every bit of it, money taken from every country around the world. In every newspaper. It was in every, every newspaper. Don't tell me about cover-up. It was in every newspaper. Oh, really? Every what single newspaper. The New York what, Times hold on, had Hold on. What about Google? No, no, they did not have it. The New, the York, New York Times. Times the New York hold Times. The, hold on. The New York Times and the Washington Post carried it later and admitted who had that, the laptop. That, that the Post was Who right. had the laptop and wouldn't share it with anyone else? The FBI. No. Yes. No, the New York Post. Yeah, and, the and they wouldn't share it. with any other uh, Miranda, any other publication. Miranda Devine wrote the story. You had Tony Bobolinsky, Anthony, on with Tucker Carlson before the election, but Google wouldn't allow it. Facebook wouldn't allow it. That's All not true. It's crooked. not true. It's hundred percent true. It's not true. true about Google. It is Face, true. Facebook. Facebook. And and Twitter both made a mistake on that. But don't say it wasn't they, covered. It was on, in every freaking newspaper. Did you just say made a mistake? Yeah, they got that wrong. Oh, they got it wrong. Yeah. Isn't that a nice way of saying the corrupt bastards found a way uh, to rig the election? Out. They this is got oh, October. They, oh, oh, he didn't October. mean to kill him. He stabbed the right times. Let me ask you something. Yeah. If, if, if you went to the New York Times and you said, hey, cover this story, but we're not going to let you see the laptop. All you can do is read about it in the New York Post. You know who made that decision? No, I don't. Who? Well, we, we don't know who made it. Basically, Rudy yeah. Giuliani made the decision. <laughs> okay. It wasn't. But look at every single newspaper has covered it. No, every no. single newspaper. Yeah, now, so you say, now, oh, something wait, now, bad. After, after the election something now. Bad, something bad didn't get reported the way I like it. Therefore, the no, election no, shouldn't no. be trusted. All Cut the, it out. All these newspapers were covered it after the election. They covered it when they had access to the laptop. They, oh, it was a decision. Stop. And by the way, do you remember in 2016 when the Russians tried to hack our election? How did they do it with disinformation in October? Oh. So October comes out some oh i left the laptop so wait so wait so now forever because the russians did something seven years ago you should Any be suspicious information that will not help the democrats turns right back into russian disinformation no i want to tell you something like, how, if, about, how, about, how, about fell, on, how about peeing on a bunch of hookers in a moscow fell, hotel if this fell out of the sky and the only new york post would cover it and they wouldn't share no. it with anyone else yeah no. i'd be suspicious too so would you well no, no i would not be but of course you'd be suspicious because you you're on the uh, crazy by the way, team. but it was on every, on the crazy every newspaper team. covered it before november no, no, they as best no, they no, could. They, no, they didn't. No, they they, didn't. Listen, I, every I did a, newspaper covered it after, and they apologized. Only New York Times, when Washington they had Post. Access, why? Can I ask you something? Why yeah. did Rudy Giuliani not let anyone but the New York Post have access I to don't it? Know. Call when Rudy NBC three. asked for it, they call, said they wouldn't. Call Rudy when, when the New York Times asked for it, they said we yeah. won't give it to you because right. it was sus. It was suspect. There was nothing suspect. And by the way, it. to say, oh, I don't trust yeah. the election where he lost by nine million votes. Oh, stop! Because there was eighty million votes for Joe Biden. 
Yeah. I mean, Anthony, he got 71 million votes and lost. I mean, how ridiculous is that? And, and You're a smart and, guy. And, and, and how 19, ridiculous is and that? And in 1992, they got 30 million and won. Of course. Our, 30 million. It goes 80 up 80 million every, votes and it, won by 9 million. You can't be that silly. So of course this is, So great. you're one of these wackadoos who think the election's not on the level. This is but, why I don't support But here's the problem. It's not a wackadoo. The more we, peep, we speak to people like you that are so in the bag for Democrats. 65 lawsuits contesting the elections. Million, they all lost oh, in front of Republicans. You see, give me you a are break. doing a disservice to democracy. Oh, you're doing a disservice. If a you're disservice? not going to trust the results unless you win, you're in the wrong business. Uh, Stacey Abrams, is she a good uh, candidate right now? You like Stacey Abrams? I do like Stacey okay, Abrams. She, She's going to lose. She swears to death that she got she lost That's a rigged not election. True. 100% That's true. That's not true. She doesn't say a rigged election. She, she said, said the election was rigged in Georgia. You remove polling places from districts where she was oh, strong to make it harder. Oh, my. You remove polling places. You find 19,000 votes on the board. You stop a count in 2000 against Gore. Oh, Here's the here. difference. No one says the election is rigged. You can say, I don't like the way it turned out. I don't oh, like the Electoral oh, College. Semantics. It's not the same. Oh, well, those semantics. It's not semantics. Right. It is semantics. Oh, you're not semantics because here's, where the, here's the difference. Yeah. Lee Zeldin voted to throw out your vote. Okay. Okay? That's yeah. crooked. That's corrupt. That's undermining democracy. I can never vote for a man like That's that. That's what Biden did, and the, and the country did with Donald did, Trump. Well, how? I just explained it to you. I'm not going to do it again. Don't, I, I only have like four more minutes in this. What they, that that they, that some story about about Hunter Biden's laptop no, didn't no, get reported what, what, in the New York or, Times, or, or, or the fact that all of a sudden they started finding votes days, weeks, not months true. later, and every you single see, Pennsylvanian, kind of, Wisconsin, that's not true. That's, and Georgia, and Arizona. Every course, single one of them. What about the audit you did in Arizona looking for those things by Republicans? Found absolutely nothing. In fact, found more votes for for uh, for Biden. <laughs> of what about they did. what about the of audit by, they by found the Republicans? More votes for Biden. By the Republicans, it was done by the Republicans. They found more votes for Biden. I wonder how they found. What about the audit? Because they did an audit. I wonder how what about the audit in Michigan there? by Republicans that yeah. showed that, that Biden won? Yeah. Every single – what about all, all of the these, court cases? All these states, amazingly Democrat votes these are Republicans. up there. We found them. Republicans. We found them. These are Republicans. Yeah. We found them. Republicans in Arizona, they control the legislatures. Catch up. Republicans in Michigan control the legislature. Catch up. Right, right. These are Republicans. Republican judges that were appointed by, by Trump throughout these cases. Yeah. This does a, we're going to talk about this on the middle tomorrow. This does a disservice to democracy because <laughs> if you say you're only going to trust the results that you win, how can we trust anything? I'm not saying don't contest it in the courts, but when you contest it in the courts and you lose, right now Donald Trump still says this was stolen, and so do you. Uh, listen, so does Lee hey, Zeldin. Listen, the courts, the courts aren't always perfect. My this friend. is what. Uh, let me remind How many, you. Sixty-three let, let, let cases. Me, let, me, let me remind you. Sixty-three cases. O.J. Simpson continues to play goblin by Mike. Sixty-three cases. All right. How okay. about this? Point me, to a single case. To, to you. Point to a single case to Trump won. I'm waiting. I don't care. I'm, you don't 100. care because don't care you don't care because the truth means it's not true. The truth doesn't matter. Doesn't, of course it matters. Listen, in that case, the criminal justice system must get everything right. They don't get everything right. They make funny mistakes. That woman who's running for governor in Arizona says she'll only accept the results if she wins. Is that democracy? I think so. Is that the end of this conversation? It now? apparently is, because I believe in a different democracy. <laughs> That's fine. I like, I like that democracy. All right, let me get to, uh, on a serious note now, uh, let's get to one of the other stories. You went on with. Oh, you mentioned Hochul and Zeldin. What was Zeldin? Oh, we wanted to talk about... Um, well, let's do Hochul and Zeldin for a minute. Look, yeah. I, I think that, by, by the way, and this is, you're going to, I think it's outrageous that Hochul won't debate. I think she should do five, six debates. She is not well-known. She got elected lieutenant governor. I could, you know, you, you well, hand told her my Bible. I wouldn't know she was lieutenant governor. How many times years. when you ran did you debate him? Oh, Jones? my God. I, all the time. Even when I was running against a guy named Bob Turner, I think you may know. I like Bob. I love Bob. He's a friend of mine. And it was 2010. This was Obamacare was out. I was getting my butt kicked in my fairly conservative district. Everywhere. I'm like, I want to go. Let's, I want to go talk about this stuff. I want to go talk because I, I believed in it. 
Hochul to be hiding under her desk doing millions of dollars in ads because if I can stand and debate you about this stuff, she, as the governor, this is what her job is. Correct. This is what her job is. And I, I hopefully the one benefit of the polls closing is hopefully Hochul says, all right, let me do five or six debates with this guy because I can take him. I mean, that, that, well, that, she, that, but you can't take him. Well, uh, she can. By the way, Hulk, uh, Zeldin was not very good in those debates, the Republican debates. Andrew Giuliani got under his skin. That other rich uh, guy I got under his you. skin. No, it's Rob Astrino is his name. He's not some other rich guy. No, okay, no, no, the geez. rich guy, the guy who oh, he Wilson? really hated. Yeah, Wilson, he really yeah. hated that guy. Um, I want to talk to you about this uh, ten-city deal in Randall's Island. Yeah. I, I think you're a fan of Mayor Eric Adams, right? I, 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 I support my mayor. I mean, you're such a team. You're like, it's, it's, come on, man. What am I caught up? Wait, what, what am I? Step you out of want, your comfort zone. You want common sense I'm Democrat? De- that's what I am. Okay, so are you allowed to be critical of another Democrat? You're All not the allowed time. to do that. I just did it with Hochul just now. Because she won't debate. That's where you wanted the criticism. How about the fact that she's corrupt? Listen, you even criminal? take my criticisms and you say they're not critical enough. I do Correct. a different type of thing than you do. I do common sense facts. I don't do just, just right or left. Mayor Eric Adams, is he doing a good job or not? I think he's doing. A good job, but I would like him to be doing Even something that was better. Like, oh, good, 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 I think he's doing a good job. Look, this okay. is a tough time. Crime, right. crime is up. Yeah, crime is up right. all over the country. It's right. up more in Republican areas than it is in Democratic well, areas. You're going you're you're to do that again? Are you really going to do that again? It's the facts. No, it's not a fact. C- crime, per, crime per capita. Oh, yeah, yeah, crime yeah. per capita is up right. more in Trump carry districts than in, in Democrat carry districts. Right. So you feel safe taking the subways here in New York City? I do. You do? I, I, don't, I don't get scared. You don't get scared. No. Well, you've been to prison. It doesn't matter. To yeah, you. I mean, I, what am I? Like, just, <laughs> crime. By the way, you and I, you and I are the same age. We lived through the 90s. That's this true. is nothing. That's this no- is nothing. Well, I wouldn't say it's nothing. Was the 90s worse than the oh. 70s? Oh, my. No. Well, the 90s were worse than the 70s. Okay. Yeah, because the right. 70s, the city emptied out. We had an empty right. city. It was, had, it was but, on fire. But then we had our colleague and friend who you've said horrible things about so far today, Rudy Giuliani, come and save this city. That's, that's true. But when, when was crime oh, lowest? When was crime lowest in the city? Uh, what do you mean? What year? No, under, under, what, go, under what mayor? No, if you go David Dinkins, I'm going to punch you out of the place. It's the Blasio. Oh, he's the worst but mayor. But we hired a bunch of cops. Of By the way, this is what we should do today. Serious point now before we break. We should hire a bunch more cops. A bunch more mental health officers. We should lean into this problem. That's the problem I have with, it, you know, it's not really a problem I have with Adams because I think he wants to, but I think this legislature is so wackadoo, the city True. council. True. Um, but I think we should hire a bunch more cops and a bunch more mental health experts. I agree. Uh, you know, and, and we should really, and, and a bunch more jail guy, guys for the prisons, and that's how we lean into this problem. I agree. Problem. So what do you think about this whole tent city thing? What's your uh, opinion on that? It's a bad situation, but what are we going to do? We, we, what are we, we, we going to do? You got to put him in, it's got to be a somewhere. happy medium, Anthony. I mean, what are we going to do? No, you got to put him you somewhere. You got <laughs> oh, an Xbox. You're focusing on the Xbox. Look, they're trying no, I'm, to... I'm focusing on the, all the luxuries you have giving children, these You have children in these places. No, these yeah, are no, families. No, 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 you have 50 male adults. No. 50... Don't tell me no. 50 male adults on okay. Randall's Island. Why do they even have Xbox? There's no I, kids. I, 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 heard, I heard the same thing. Why do they have cable TV in prison? I, I don't think it's a big deal. Did you have cable TV in prison? I think they... I stayed out of the TV rooms in prison. That's, that's where you get into fights. <laughs> that's where you get into fights. So I, I stayed away from that. If there was a knitting club and a synagogue for me and a, a chapel for me to go to, that's why I went. No, but you, you're not to agree. This is a bit much. I understand that you want to treat them no, humanely. No, no, but... Wait a minute. No, but they're getting criticized on the other side because it's not humane enough because you're putting them in this big tent. And technically speaking, it's probably in violation of the, of the rules we have here. 
I think this we have a very bad court decision in this city. It's going to sound mean for me to say this, requiring housing to be given to someone. Requiring it. It's the only city in the whole country that has that. That court decision. LA doesn't have that. No, no. We are required to do it by a court decree that was entered into into the Dinkins years. It was a bad idea. We agreed to it, so we can't really get out of it now. So we have to provide housing for everyone that comes here. Gotcha. But it it leaves very little flexibility. He's doing the best again. We're getting thousands of these. And by the way, where are they coming from? They're coming from Venezuela, a far left collapsed state that we put all these sanctions on. They can't sell oil. So all the they're left, they're 10% of the population is left. Two million people have left Venezuela. They're going to find their way here. They crossed six countries to get here. Right. Okay. Right. So these people, I mean, to some degree, and I heard Bill O'Reilly allude to this, we have to have some, as we say in our faith, Rachmanis for oh, these I people. Do, I do. But you got to put them somewhere. I give credit to the administration for at least trying. We have to, the border is out of control. We have to get this thing fixed. But yeah. we need lawmakers to well, get Kamala it Harris said, and Joe Biden said the, the border is secure. Well, saying that, I mean, look, we're arresting a bunch of people. Oh, but people God. are showing up. Even there. Even we've I, arrested, I mean, I gave you a softball to say, well, they're liars. You go, well, we're we've arresting arrested, a bunch of people. We've arrested yeah. 2 million yeah. people right. more than Donald Trump ever did. Oh, because we didn't, he didn't have to. He built walls that didn't come. That's baloney. That's baloney. We had baloney. some caravans, no, but the caravan, this is the worst. Ba- Remember he complained about the caravan in 2019? This is worse than the caravan. Much worse. Because, but, but listen, part of the problem is if we're going to try to collapse countries overseas like we did with Venezuela, right. we've got to be prepared for this because they're going to want to come to our country. All right. Fair enough. That's Anthony Weiner, uh, who's a very, very smart guy. All kidding aside, he's, he's, he's well thought out. He knows what he's talking about. His show is terrific, 2 to 3 on Saturday afternoons, and then 3 to 4 with uh, Curtis Lee. Well, that was a very spirited conversation. I appreciate it. And I'll see you on forth. Tuesday at, at, at the service for Bernie. It's so great that that's, that's okay, being done. Be, I, uh... you know, I'm glad you'll be there on Tuesday. I'll be there on Wednesday with everybody else. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. All right. You know, you can't win for losing in this show. You cannot win. <laughs> you were great. Today. Thank it's you nice very much. nice of you much. to say. Thanks you for too. having All me, right. Anthony Weiner, 2 to 4 on Saturdays. I'll be back right after this. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. David Bowie, Modern Love at 9.32, getting uh, just unbelievable feedback on, on the show. I mean, most people enjoyed that back and forth, like, I hate the guy, I, I almost crashed my car, but it was great radio, great radio. Some were like, I had to turn it off, I, I you know. But um, most are saying the whole show has been great, and it has been. Bill O'Reilly was terrific, and Curtis Sliwa set us on fire early this morning, and then we had Lee Zeldin, and I really... Believe in my heart of hearts, that was the best Lee Zeldin you'll ever get with me at 740 this morning. You're not going to get better. You agree with that, Lou, or is that... If you want me to tell you the truth... Yeah. No, lie to me. I think... Like Daniel okay. does. All right. <laughs> you were great. You were so awesome. Oh, God. Oh, Sydney, God. Have a good again. day at work. Yeah. Okay, just close the door. <laughs> yeah. You, uh... 
It would be good if you were out there on the trail with him. With him, right? Yeah. yeah. I bring I out mean, the best in Lee. You need to um, get them all a fired, up. fired up. Yeah. That's, that's all there is. Well, that's a huge compliment. Thank you for that, Lou. Yeah, Thank simple you. Huge compliment. Yeah. He needs, in other words, he's like kindling, and you are one of the big pieces of uh, well, how about that? plugs. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Phil, how you feeling, buddy? It's been a long day for <laughs> Phil. He went to the Nets game well, last night. and I woke up. I'm, I'm here now. Um, I thought the interview with Zeldin was subpar. I, I didn't ask better. you about that, though. I didn't. Yeah, I just I'm feel like I should have. I, I know. You got you got rained down with compliments. I feel like I should bring you back to earth a little bit. Uh, well, that's your job. should humble you. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a wife for that, son. <laughs> what am I, then? What are we? I don't know, but your job is to get here on time and stop going to ball games in the middle of the week and coming in all tired and cranky like a little boy. Oh, um. I like it was you know it was fun. I had fun of the game yesterday. I don't care what happened. My first the game, ever opening this night. Is the only thing that should matter in your life right now, besides this uh, fictional girlfriend that you try to give it to, with, is this show. That's it. Nothing else. You 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 have a blossoming career. You're actually a really talented guy. Like you're Thank funny. You. I'm being serious. Yeah. You're really funny. Um, you're smart, and you seem to care about a lot of stuff. I don't know what this stuff is, but you seem to care. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got a really good future in this business. But you can't come in. You know, more bitchy and tired because they went to a stummy, the Brooklyn Nets and the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, even Kevin Durant didn't care last night. Obviously, Kevin, he was he was pretty upset after the game. I was uh, yeah, I was right. in the media room. Yeah, with him couldn't and, care, uh, couldn't care less. Wow, I feel bad. Yeah, I, I just got I just got two hundred and sixty thousand uh, losers came against the Pelicans for tonight. For tonight, he doesn't care. You idiots care more than him. You, Evan Roberts, my dear friend, who works for Craig Carton, shows up in Brooklyn. Oh, let's go Nets. We're gonna nobody. Care. They don't care. Nobody cares. I care. That's what Chaz Palminteri got right in uh, in a Bronx Tale. They don't care. Mickey Mantle doesn't care. No. They don't care. It's, it's fun. It's a sport. Everyone likes sports. That's They're fine. Fun. Enjoy it. No one likes sports more than me. I became a superstar in this city because of sports and WFN, and I still love sports. But I'm not going to be hanging out on Flappish Avenue with Rocco's Tacos at 11 o'clock after a Brooklyn Nets Pelicans game. Mm. Come to work on time and, be, and be, be happy that you're here. You came in this morning like you like, like uh, uh, I'm tired. Well, of course, well, yeah, some, tired. Day, some days people are tired. Some days people are, uh, you know, hungover. Some day, some days people are not in their best. You know. Yeah, you but I can't be... have two consecutive days. I'm trying to explain to these people here. I don't want somebody else working with me. It's it's over. It's done. Uh, Bernie was my. That's it. I don't need somebody sitting here. You know, Patrick McEnroe and uh, Anthony. The last couple of days. That's fun for a segment. I'm not doing that all day. But I'll quit. Yeah. All right, and I don't need somebody else to sit here and agree with me, who's going to take time away from me because, quite frankly, I'm the best host in the country and have been for a long time. Okay, and I got you guys, and and Lou is great. He's not even good; he's great. And you guys are funny, and we have enough guests every day that this show and the ratings lately have been through the roof. And revenue is not an issue either. Nobody sells more than me. You hear my voice on this on the station all day long, all day. My voice, me. So I'm trying to convince these guys the show's good the way it is because, you know, they always want to add some big stupid name, which makes no sense. Makes no sense. Not, not economically, not chemistry-wise for the show, no good. But then when you guys, you know, he's at a Yankee game two nights ago and he comes in a half drunk and you go to a net game last night and you're impossible to work with this morning, how am I going to do that? I wasn't that bad. You were awful. I was just quiet. I did my work. I know, but you annoyed me. I got it's, it's annoying. <laughs> I annoyed you because I was quiet. Should have just stayed home. Like at least what I miss, I would just stay home or stay at the hotel I was at the night before, if whatever. It, yeah, Atlantic City. Well. If it makes you Fine. feel any better, Sid, <laughs> yeah. I can assure you, I'm going to sleep well tonight because I'm not working tomorrow. There's a game on. Maybe the Lakers are playing at ten o'clock. You're going to watch it. Yeah, I'm not working tomorrow though, so I'll. You don't have to worry. But why about. you're not working tomorrow? You know, I got to go out of state for business. 
He's not here anymore. What business? What? Yeah, you know, I got business. No, I don't to know. Attend to. You know, you know how us businessmen are. Uh-huh. The business to attend to, you know, uh, things of business that, yeah. you know, are neither here nor there. But they're somewhere. And uh, it's out of state for me. <laughs> See, that's brilliant. They're neither here nor there, but they're somewhere. And that somewhere is out of state. So I'm going to be there. Okay. He's really, he's climbing to the top of the, the weirdest, I'll call most in. brilliant guy. I'll call him in. I'll call in at 740. You're just killing me. Well, don't yeah. complain now when they put some putts in here next to me and all your airtime evaporates because you guys are getting extra airtime now because outside of me and Lou, the next you get airtime. Then, you know, they're going to put some somebody else in here and you're going to be down to like, maybe if you're lucky, fill into one sports update and that's it. <laughs> so... This oh. blossoming career is going to be over. Done. Yeah. Finished. No See more ya. games. You don't think I'm already a superstar? No more games. Well, I'm trying to help you, bro. Okay. I'm, I appreciate the help. No, you don't care. Uh, where is uh, Justin? Of course, we've got to do traffic and let Joe Nolan go home because he's tired, too. But at least he shows up at work, and he's happy to be here. And he's up late watching these stupid games, too, especially the Yankees. But he's always in a good mood. Isn't that right, Joe? Well, yeah. That's because I've been doing this forever. I know oh, how to fake it pretty well. Right. These young, stupid kids... They, they don't know how to fake it, right? No, they don't know. What would be your recommendation to us? Uh, should they go to games during the week at night, honestly? Well, if you're young enough and you can get up and get in in the morning and be functional, yeah, go ahead. But if you can't, I don't go to Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday games anymore. Yeah, but, and they also, yeah, they also the, drink and do drugs. But the, no, they, I don't. They're not well. even 30 yet, though. <laughs> right. They're, they're young. At some point, I'm going to have to take you to court for, for like, defamation. <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> <laughs> I know your mother keeps texting you. I'm sorry. Well, don't tell me stuff off the air. Don't, don't tell me stuff. For all we know, don't show me things in your pocket and then get mad at me when I... No. I'm sorry. No, no, no. None of this, <laughs> no, this ever no, happened, no, Mom. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Can we just see the text now? You're showing Sid what? Yeah, yeah, Joe. What do we got out there? <laughs> oh, oh come on, bro. We're doing it live. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Post Malone, this is Post Malone Circles. Do you know that a couple of years ago he was on Channel 7? The uh, Dick Clark uh, used to do that show. Now I guess it's trying Seacrest. He performed live on New Year's Eve. Do you know where he was performing from? And by the way, I'm not even sure this is correct, but I'm going to go there anyway. The same place you were at last night. The Barclays Center. Right. Oh. You know, I screwed up that concert, the Depeche Mode concert. I mean, there were yes, I saw the like oh. some psycho out there has tickets from from the concert. Yeah. From are, are, are like this really, is it was on the uh, the show there. Are so. you really shocked? And then compares to two shows, but I think that's the show that I was at. It was a Cure, Pixies, Love and Rockets thing. That's why I got. I must have gone to that one too. I don't know. It's a lot of drugs back then. A lot. Right. It was a long time ago, and a yeah. galaxy that you were uh, very <laughs> yeah. inhaling of. I guess I don't know. I keep looking at Bernie's picture here. It's 
I don't know. Uh, Wednesday is the uh, the big uh, mass, so come on down. And all you people that uh, claim you love them so much and, you know, you're on Facebook every day, I can't breathe, I can't live, I can't eat, I can't <laughs> fart, I can't have sex. I got Bernie, 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 Bernie. Yeah. Let's see if any of you guys actually show up. That'd be nice. I mean, some of you have actually contacted me. Every time I have Irish bacon, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie, I can't. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's it, it's it's so ridiculous, <laughs> and they yell at me. I mean, I, I'm legitimately the guy's best friend for 25 years, legitimately with him every day and talk every day. I mean, whoever you are out there, your relationship with Bernie is is a pimple on my ass, and they yell at me. They yell at me. Well, there's some lady who is fun. What's going on with Bernie's father? <laughs> so this is like when he first like, I don't know, you know. No, of course, I went to the wake, and the first thing he did oh, was this, jump up. He was oh, all excited because right. Bernie beat me up. You remember, Lou? Right. Yeah. I know. I Even at the funeral, he was uh, all excited to see me. But this lady keeps harping on. Like an hour after Bernie died, I didn't know what was going on with his father. You know. And this is what she keeps posting. And this is like two weeks later. These, these people are sick. But I'll tell you what, fine. Forget about me. Here's your opportunity, instead of posting stuff on some nonsense Facebook page, to show up, show up. I know all your names. Show up and be there for Bernard. This is it. And, and this, is, this is open to the public. This is not Sid and Curtis and I don't even know who will show up at this station. Some people won't even show up. I, 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 I don't even want to talk. Why even bring this up, Lou? Why? Why? I, it was uh, a mistake on my part. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, maybe I'll, it is. I'll remove fine. the posts. <laughs> but I look at his face. He's, uh, this is a great picture of Bernard. I don't know where this was taken. I had a view of them that day. That's the same blue Joseph Blue jacket I got. We got the same suit, and he's got this really cute smile, his uh, you know s eating grin on it. This is a great job by John Katz and Matidis. Ten to eleven thirty uh, on Wednesday at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Nobody does it better than those guys. Nobody. I go there and I'm Jewish. You know Ed Randall. You know the baseball guy Ed Randall. Talking baseball. Every Friday at noon. That's his mass. He stands up there at the lectern and actually reads. God bless him. I know. So I would go on Fridays just to kind of, you know, be there for Ed. And, and you know, I, I like that one prayer where at the very end, they, uh, you like, you kiss everybody that's standing next to you. Yeah, it's the um, when you greet everybody. Yes, greet yes. People. yes. It, but you say, like, three words. It's like, um, oh, come on. Um, you got to know this. I should know it, too. I'm a terrible yeah. Catholic. And then you turn around, you kiss the person to your right. Hopefully she's hot. You kiss the person to your left. And it's really sweet. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. I'm sure MJ will text me and, in two minutes. Yeah, MJ, help yell, us out here. Yell at me. Uh, God be with you or something like that. Yeah, uh, peace, 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 peace be with you. Peace, there peace it is, right? You, yes. See, I'm the Jew. I got that. Very peace. Good. But I do love that service. I love it. And I would go, and then I got my ashes there one year. We've been over this. Yes, I know. I know. I'm kidding. Yeah. Go get Well, a- one year, anytime. two years ago, I made Bernie crazy because the nativity scene had a dog. And I go, wait a second. Again, I know I'm Jewish, but I, I know that the nativity scene, there was no dog. Well, it turns out the Monsignor at St. Patrick's is a huge fan of our show, me and Bernie. And um, he had a dog. So he decided to make this a little more personal for him. So he put his dog in there. And they actually explained that to me. And I was okay with it, but I knew there was no dog in the original nativity scene, you know. But anyway. maybe we don't have all the facts, though. I have history with that place. That's all I'm saying. So Yeah, they're going to gonna keep you on the altar. They probably will. They will. They'll, yeah. be, they'll put your pictures But it's up. not about me. It's about yeah. Bernie and all you, all, you, all, you, uh, 
ponies out there. Here's your chance. <laughs> Pony bastards. I mean, who do you think you're talking to here? But some of them were at the funeral. Some of them were there. So, they were, I know who they were. Yes, yes they're good nice. people. Very These are fine nice. people. Yes. Well, there's one lady who's incredibly annoying on that page. I think her name is like Debbie Time, but she was actually at the funeral. True. She was there. True. She was there. Yeah. She loved Bernard. Fine. <laughs> this is going to be a work in progress. I well, can see that. It's going to be fine. Well, the problem is I'm not in a good mood at these things either because I'm sad. I, you know, I cry the whole, like, the whole time I cry. I couldn't even deliver my eulogy. I hated it. Everybody loved my eulogy. They loved it. I hated it. I cried the whole thing. Bo at least got his out. Mike Green was actually really funny, and I just... I really can't believe it. But... That's why I don't really want somebody sitting next to me, because, uh, first of all, I'm great myself, and second, no one's going to be as good as Bernie, so what, why, why even waste time? Give a, somebody a whole bunch of money to do what? The show's great. It's perfect right now. Perfect. I got Lou. I got Macedonia. I got Justin. I got Frankie. I got I got, I got a cast of thousands. We can't even fit. Yeah. Anyway, we do love and miss you, Bernard. We'll be right back. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I love this song, Z-L-O. Bernie liked this song, too. I like the very beginning here. Bam, bam, bam. I want to put this uh, guy, Mike Lawler, back on tomorrow. He's on once before. He's winning against uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, who I, I'm not a big fan of. Isn't it a good song, though? I, lo- I picked it. Yes. Oh, that's true. Good point. Like yeah, you, you must like it, right? Well, another banner program today. Curtis Sliwa got us going early. He was really good. And then everybody else was terrific. Lee Zeldin, Bill O'Reilly, Anthony Weiner. Tomorrow, I'll put Lawler on. Rudy Giuliani's coming back on tomorrow. He's been on since uh, Bernie passed away. I've got a great old bit, too. You're going to love this. And uh, you guys are spectacular. Lou, what can I say? Uh, what's your name? Phil, you were pretty good. For, I mean, I'll take it. We'll miss you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see you in a couple of <laughs> yeah, weeks, right. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Have a great date with yeah. Durant. I'll be at the next game tomorrow. Uh, Justin uh, did great today. So did Deb Val- Deb's a pro. Deb Valentine is great. Uh, Frankie Diaz, Jacqueline Crawl, we love you all. God willing, we'll all be back with you again outside of Phil tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Enjoy your Thursday. Good luck to the Yanks. Can't fall behind to nothing in that series. Until then, tomorrow, from all of us to all of you, good night, Bernard. This is what you can see from your worst day.